What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners? And before we begin this episode, we wanted to have a... I don't know. Corrections. Corrections. We do corrections every once in a while when we fuck something up. So, Ryan, what are we correcting today? Okay, so here's the thing about these corrections. They are corrections, and they do need to be addressed, because people uh, do... Some people do listen to what we say very closely, which is good and bad, I guess. Uh, So, the thing is, the two things we're correcting, the points we were trying to make and the information we put out there on both these things is correct, but some of the small talk around that was wrong. And we like, we don't want somebody just to like hang on something small and then do something illegal in a game or buy a model they don't want or whatever. We don't want to cause anybody any issues. We don't want so, anybody trying for, to figure out how to field a predator annihilator in heresy. Like it's just, you can't yeah. do it. Yeah. <laughs> and we so never, what happened like, was we never we, meant to intend that you could do it. It's like, no, 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 no. What what it was is in my head, because I played 40K long before Heresy, and this current, like, uh, it's not, like, the, the current style of rule set um, has been around, I mean, it's really technically been around since 3rd edition, but, like, it's been very similar since the beginning of 6th, and what I mean by that is, like, the way vehicles, like, when they move how many guns you can shoot and all that. It's been the same for a long time. So when I was talking, like using examples of tanks in my head, I used the 40 K example because I, I use the reason that came up in my head is I used to have a death guard army and I had one of those tanks. I had a predator annihilator with four last cannons on it. Um, I bought used and I tried using it all the time and it was always piss poor because if you moved it, it couldn't shoot. And at the, uh, for a long time I didn't have like, People always wanted to play high points or whatever, and I didn't have enough models, and I always had to play that stupid thing, and it was awful, and everybody was always taking, telling me to take those last cannons off. So anyway, that was stuck in my head. So the point we were trying to make about the guard tank is if you don't have power of the machine spirit, you're not fast, uh, or you're not a super heavy, sponsons are pretty damn pointless. So it doesn't really matter what the turret weapon is, it really you can imagine any turret weapon you want. Um, if you don't have those three special rules, it's probably not one of those rules. It's probably not worth putting sponsors on it. So when I said, "How many predator annihilators have you seen?" I guess people were like, and, and understandably, we are a heresy podcast talking about heresy, so it, it just slipped of the tongue. I wasn't really thinking like my head was thinking about. I, I wasn't thinking that it wasn't a heresy thing. I mean, I know that it's not a heresy thing, but I, it was just because we were, you know. Wasn't something we were researching. Yeah, it was just like a discussion thing that we threw out there. But I don't want people to get sidetracked on that. Like the point of the conversation was about sponsons on a non-fast, non-super heavy, non-power machine spirit vehicle. Are it's I don't really understand it. (laughs) Like why you would ever do that. Um, So that was the point, not what turrets you can put on and on it on or not on it so we got a few emails about that but uh we did need to put that out there that that you are correct that is not a thing in 30k you cannot take that last cannon turret even though it comes with the model did you know that if you buy a demios predator it comes with the last cannon turret that you can't use yeah it's it's a demios 
predator for everybody. Like you could, you know, it's like, oh, this boy found a Demos that's been yeah. brought into 40k, which you know, come on now, right? Get, get but anyway, that thing's that particular pattern of predator has been around for a long time, going all the way back uh, several editions, and in the it's it was going all the way back to like third vehicles have always been sponsons were good for whatever reason like the rule set allowed you to like fire all your guns and then it would the next edition would be like now you can't again because they kept changing the strength level it used to be like you could move and fire one gun above strength six or five or whatever and then every gun that was strength five or lower so like heavy bolters and shit were in but like last cannons weren't and then like it, it kept switching so i remember uh back in those editions i had those i have all my Lehman Russes that I've that Chris Duncan has now because I sold him my guard army. I had like thirteen Lehman Russes. They all have magnetized sponsons because it was like it, they were like Star Trek movies. Like every odd edition, they were good, and then every even edition, they were bad. <laughs> so I just oh fucking magnetize them. That was actually like the first time, the first time I magnetized something were those stupid sponsons because I got so sick of like cutting them off and putting them back on and cutting like it was just stupid. So. Anyway, the other thing was, I don't even think, what was the other thing? I'm trying to remember now. It was Graviton, Graviton oh, yeah, yeah, versus yeah. Quad Mortars. Yes. So, Michael, just because I said, I put that Graviton uh, thing in that list because I wanted something in the list. To, like, I was thinking to get rid of, like, Quad Mortars, Jet Bikes, whatever. And I was just thinking of getting rid of that stuff. I wasn't really thinking the why. I just knew in my head it it did that job. And, I, I, and Michael in the middle of the show br- like brought up he didn't like it. So the Graflex like, bombard on Leviathan. Yeah, I didn't have like my rules. I don't own a Leviathan, by the way, but I get them used on me all the time. And my buddy Nick, who I play a lot, is a big fan of the Graviton, so I know how well it works because he's killed those shit-eating Blood Angel heavy support jet bikes that I have that I hate that I run every fucking game anyway even though I hate them because they look cool but they always suck and then die or die then suck and he makes it a point to murder those every game with his Leviathan with the Graflux and the Phosphex just out of the gate just to make me mad. He thinks it's great so that's a thing. So I know how well it works against that stuff. Um, So Michael made up why was it good and i'm like well because it's i said it was a toughness test on two dice um and then i was trying to figure out in my head without having a rule book uh, you can actually hear me talking through it on the episode of why that works or whatever but i didn't have my book we were just kind of talking and I i didn't really know why i just remember that it worked really good on those things and we even made the joke about somebody was going to want to argue with me on the internet or whatever, which was unfortunate because I, <laughs> I was right, but I was wrong. So the guy that pointed it out was actually Nick. And then everybody, uh, uh, kicked me around in the patron chat a little bit for fun, which is fine. It was pretty funny actually. But, uh, <laughs> the reason it works is because it's a strength check, not a toughness check. So obviously because you use the strength or the toughness of the gun, when firing at those guys, it doesn't do anything to the strength. So that's why it's strength four, and you roll. You have to roll two dice. So if you roll five or higher on two dice, you take a wound because it's strength check. And then it's also really, and it ignores cover, and it's also really good against bikes for the same reason because bikes increase your toughness, not your strength. 
and it ignores cover, so it gets around their jink. And once again, their their status four, that you have to roll two dice and roll underneath that. So I was correct about it being good against those things. I was wrong on how the actual fucking gun worked because I get it used against me. I don't actually use it. So, but so ignore everything I said about characteristic checks. That was wrong. I don't. I wasn't. I was like trying to think through it in my head and have my book, and we were just having a conversation. And sometimes I'm thinking out loud. So that's what that was. But we wanted to set the record straight so that people know the actual rules and we don't put out shitty information. And then you're like, well, the guys on Radio Free Aston said this. They've let me down. It's ruined my whole life. I've ordered the wrong tank and my fucking Graviton thing doesn't work the way it should. So we don't want burning, that to Burning your Radio Free Aston shirt like fucking <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> like a Colin Kaepernick jersey. <laughs> like, yeah. no. No. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway yeah we just wanted to set the record straight on that so uh well, i'm glad actually people do point that stuff out um it, uh, i was joking because it does like when you fuck up and then you like you get the one email and you're like oh man i'm glad somebody pointed that out i'll make the correction then you get the second email and you're like yeah yeah i know then you get the third email and you're like yeah i fucking get it and then the fourth and fifth one you're like oh god damn it what did i do like and then it gets a little old, but it comes with the territory. <laughs> but I'm glad I get the first one. <laughs> and so now there's been a correction. So maybe they'll stop yeah. now. <laughs> like maybe. Yeah, so please. I, I've gotten the emails. I promise you. We got them. We're good. But yeah, for real, if we fuck up anything on the show def- that, that is 100% wrong or you feels wrong, uh, Email it to us because we, we do want to put out good information. We're definitely not right 100% of the time. A lot of this uh, stuff that we do on this show isn't scripted or whatever. Like certain parts of it definitely are. Like when we do Legion episodes, we do research on that stuff typically. But every once in a while, it'll go in a weird direction and things will get asked to, you know, people like, well, how's it? And the like it, it's weird because it's like you're not prepared for that because some weird thing comes up. And then you're you're going off memory, or a lot of times we try to grab the books, but on like small stuff, like those two things were just kind of small conversations that wasn't a big deal. And I knew that graviton thing worked the way it did, and I know not to put fucking sponsons on a normal tank. Like I know those things, um, the reasons why I kind of got wrong, I guess, or whatever. But it doesn't make that make those things untrue. Hundred <laughs> percent, dude. Hundred <laughs> percent. We definitely wing ninety five percent of the episode. So, <laughs> you know, whatever you hear, it's you know, it's, we it's, actually it's got a pretty good batting average for what we do, honestly. So, yeah. But if you if you do decide to want to correct us and all that, and you decide to call into the voicemail line, just make sure you do the the air gulp, so we know that we know we get prepared to hear that gulp. Yeah. <laughs> Remember in episode 102, you said that Leviathans take a sh- toughness test? Well, actually, it's a strength test. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want to hear. That's exactly right there. That's the proper format. So. <laughs> One air gulp for every correction. So anyway, yep. we'll get back to this episode, guys. We will start it off. Thank you for listening. <laughs> yep. Thanks, guys. Later. 
This is an emergency broadcast from Radio Free Istvan. All Imperial forces, stay away from Istvan 5. The fort flooding in of a massacre on the Black Sands. Horus has revealed his hand and gathered yet more traitorous Primarchs to his side. Ferris Manus is dead. Vulcan and Korax are missing. Stay safe, brothers, and stay away from the Istvan system. The Emperor protects. What's going on, Radio Freest Van listeners, and welcome to episode 103 of the Radio Freest Van podcast, a Horus Heresy 30K podcast. My name is Michael. I've got my co-host, powerful Scott. Go and say what's going on, Scott. What up, guys? And, of course, powerful Ryan Kimmel. Go and say what's going on, Ryan. What's happening, everybody? So you'll notice, once again, we're missing powerful Derek. Uh, old PhD himself is not in the podcast today uh, because he's traveling back from San Antonio. Uh, powerful Zach De La Rosa is hosting a Centurion event today that Derek is attending. So I don't think he, he he's uh, either on his way back right now and he might show up in the middle of the episode or he's still playing in that event. So either way, man, Zach De La Rosa holding it down in San Antonio, the best events. If you're in the San Antonio area or Austin area or even Texas area, to be honest with you, uh, check out the South Texas Horse Heresy 30K Facebook page and see what they've got going on. So anyway, we've got a good episode for you guys. Uh, it's going to be one of our more standard episodes, like our old style, where it's, uh, we're going to do our opening, where we all talk about our hobby progress and what we've been working on. Uh, then we're going to be going over some voicemails and some emails. Uh, some of the stuff that we missed last week, some of the stories that we pushed off to this week, we'll be listening to. And then uh, we're going to go over a couple lists. So it's going to be like classic episode, man. Like back to the good old days before we started doing Legion episodes and stuff like that. So... Anyway, who wants to start on their hobby progress? Well, Scott, do the stuff that you've built and actual hobby stuff, and then we can just kind of go back and forth and do the the event that we did together, like just kind of have a conversation about it back and forth. Cool. Can do. Um, so the shit that I have built and assembled and stuff, I have built, assembled, and painted a termite today. So... <laughs> that thing looks pretty. I like this little model, man. I like it. You it went know, together beautifully, practical. right? It's like so cool they to put do. together too. Go together very easily. Uh, it's a neat little thing. So I look forward to using that. Right now, I'm freehanding some hazard stripes on some fucking Iron Warriors breachers. So that's a that's a thing. You know, I won't say it's fun, but it's necessary. Just what's just what's got to be done. Can't have iron warriors without hazard stripes. So doing that, and as Ryan alluded to, uh, got her got her fucking Music City Heresy on this weekend. Yep. So what we did was uh, I drove down to Louisville, where Scott lives, and picked him up, and then from there we rode together uh, down to Tennessee. So the ride there was pretty fun. I don't know how we got on the subject, but we were... Where did it start originally? Was it the, the Rescue Dawn story? Was that what kicked it off, or was there I think other... so. Yeah, that was like the fucking tinder of our conversation. Yeah, so... How fuck <laughs> it is when people get hurt. <laughs> yeah, well, we were joking about how 
Um, I like I have a tendency sometimes, like the shit that other people don't find funny or supposed to be dark or whatever. For whatever reason, it'll strike a chord in me and remind me of something that's funny, and I'll laugh out loud. And then I get like the death look from people, like in a movie theater or something. I'll laugh at something that's supposed to be serious. <laughs> um, luckily, this one was just me and my wife. We were watching this movie called Rescue Dawn with Christian Bale, and it's about this dude who's like he crashes in a jet or plane it, uh, in the Vietnam war gets taken captive by the Vietnamese. It's based on a true story. Like this is a real thing. There's a book called little leader learns to fly. And it's about this guy and they made it into a movie and Christian Bale's the actor main actor. And um, it's supposed to be this real serious movie. And if you watch the movie, the movie's pretty much depressing for the entire movie. Like it's just, just long depressing, like yeah, spoiler alert being a pow fucking truly blows so <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's probably it's probably so like anyway, the worst thing that could happen to you <laughs> yeah. he uh this movie's been out this movie and book's been out for fucking years so spoiler alert people i'm about to tell you one of the key moments in the movie and i don't really care like just fast forward it if you don't want to hear the ending to rescue dawn that's been out for like a decade or whatever but uh <laughs> So they escaped this POW camp, and it's him and this guy played by Steve Zahn. What else has Steve Zahn been in so people know him? Uh, Saving Silverman. So he's the... Uh, if you've seen the movie Saving Silverman, he's like the lead singer in the Neil Diamond cover band. Him and Jason Biggs and Jack Black. Yeah, he's usually in a lot of comedy movies. Um, but anyway, he's the other actor, and they escape together. And they go through all this like really hard like hard stuff they're like trying to live in the jungle they're fucking starving they're walking along every day and their feet are all bleeding and they find like one like half rotted like flip-flop just one of them and they trade it like they'll wear it on their left foot and then like christian bale wear it for a while and then he'll give it to steve zahn like here you can have the shoe today and steve zahn will like wear it on his right foot and they just rotate this shoe over their four feet because like whatever and it's just like real depressing and they keep like almost getting saved but then not it's like this real depressing slog. And then at some point when they've almost given up all hope and like everything's went wrong, they just kind of stumble out into this field across all these Vietnamese farmers just doing farm work. And they don't, they're like too weak to really run or do anything. And they're just like giving up hope. So they just kind of stand there and just like let the chips fall where they may. So these like Vietnamese farmers run up and surround them and they're all screaming at them in Vietnamese and they all have like farm implements and they're like shaking them and they're just like on their knees, like in the prey position, just like praying, like showing that they're, you know, like, please help us, you know, we're helpless, whatever. And all of a sudden this out of nowhere just takes this machete and just like hacks Steve Zahn in the fucking leg and it like zooms in on his knee and shows the fucking <laughs> machete hit it and then cuts to his face of him screaming. Aah! And it reminds me of, uh, in Ace Ventura 2, where the spear hits <laughs> yeah, his leg, spirit's leg. <laughs> and he's fucking screaming. So it's I already started giggling at that. I already started giggling at that. But he's fucking screaming, because I hacked him in the knee, and he's like in the middle of the shrieking scream. And this other guy comes running out of nowhere, screaming in fucking Vietnamese. I'm not going to do like a super racist white guy speaking in Vietnamese like yeah. I did in the car when we were alone with Scott. But, but uh, this guy comes running in with this big hooked fucking like ditch blade and hacks Steve Zahn's head off just out of nowhere. Like he's like screaming Aah! like after being hacked in the knee and he just, this dude comes running in and hacks his fucking leg off or his head off. Come fucking kills him and he falls over the head goes rolling and it cuts to Christian Bale and Christian Bale literally goes like this. He goes Aah! 
starts screaming and throwing his arms, and he fucking grabs his farm implement from this one Vietnamese guy and like pushes him away, and then runs off into the jungle, literally. And while he's running, he's like flailing his arms like one of those like balloon guy things that you see in a fucking uh, parking oh, lot of like a used car dealership, <laughs> shrieking in the jungle, going. <laughs> And I was telling Scott and how my like that's like supposed to be like the most like dark serious scene in the movie. And I started laughing as soon as he got like his knee hacked into. Oh wow. I was in tears laughing so and my wife was like, What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) And me and Scott were laughing. And then we were trying to find the video on YouTube while we were laughing about it and then we just started going back and forth about have you seen this fucked up thing that's funny and then we were like doing youtube videos back and forth and somehow we wound up on this uh bear getting hit by a car where the dude's talking about yeah that's it right there that's it it. "Ah!" (laughs) yeah and he's screaming "Ah!" yeah Yeah, look at it "Ah!" and he's like and then he's like, ah, he's crazy. <laughs> yeah, the yes. jungle, like out of nowhere, and nobody pursues him. He's just like freaking out. Get and shoe. he takes the shoe off his buddy fo- buddy's foot. And then he's like, get away, get away. And then he fucking runs into the jungle. <laughs> <flailing out. laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, but it was to me. Oh my goodness. So, what about the bear? The bear getting hit by a car? I saw the videos. Yeah, so I showed Scott that video, and I don't think I've ever seen in person Scott fucking laugh that hard. He was in tears. I I didn't oh, think he could breathe. And I bet over the weekend I would look over at him at the event, and he would just be looking at his phone and laughing. And I'd go, are you watching that fucking video again? And he'd go, oh, yeah. I bet he watched it 300 times. I'm not I at least watched it. Real talk. I've watched it at least 35 times this fucking <laughs> two days ago. Like, I love it, man. <laughs> <laughs> when the guy's like, he goes, I'm going to go home. It's like the biggest ball. Oh my God! There's so much funny about that video if you break it down. I'm going to go home and smoke that fucking huge fucking. Oh my God! I just hit the shit out of the Scott's dying right now watching it. <laughs> <laughs> so we had a fun time just in this fucking car we were dying laughing Scott, Scott can't even breathe right now <laughs> don't look Scott don't look you didn't hit play Michael no don't do it no more no more man fuck Dude, that bear has no fucking idea. <laughs> Look at him go fly, dude. The fact that the bear is just built so solid, the guy like hits him with this probably like shitty Prius or whatever. The bear just like gets up and runs off. It gives zero fucks. It's not even on the ground for a second. It like spins down the road like several hundred feet, and as soon as it comes to rest, it just gets up and runs off. The <laughs> shit out of a bear. You know what's so funny about that? It reminds me of that video. (laughs) Have you ever seen that video where it's like there's a dude hiking in the woods and he goes, oh, look, it's a bear. And It's like a cub crossing a stream and then it falls in the river. Like it falls in and he goes, no! (laughs) 
Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> have you seen that video? Like, <laughs> no, dude. Oh, dude. We'll watch it. Find it. So this is this is exactly what happened in the car. Was like we would do that. We would laugh, and then we would like remind. So Scott showed me this one of this airborne paratrooper. We were talking about <laughs> duck shit that should make you laugh. There's one of this airborne guy that he's got a GoPro on himself, and he jumps out of this plane and he lands wrong and like breaks both his fucking legs, and he's like shrieking in pain on the ground, going, "Oh, it's so bad!" Ah! And Scott dies laughing every time he hears it, and then him laughing made me laugh at this dude shrieking. This dude's realization when he sees this little bear cub, like let me you gotta sure, hit play. I'll just make sure it's focusing before I hit play because it's so fucking funny. It's a fucking bear! No! <laughs> he was really in a panic. Look, it's a little bear. No! <laughs> Dude, I can watch that oh, video shit. so many times. <laughs> so, so we were laughing at paratroopers breaking their legs, fucking POWs getting decapitated, getting ran over by a car in a garage. Oh yeah, a Chinese guy getting backed in, getting crushed against the back wall of a garage Ugh. and shrieking. So, we, like, we were laughing at all this dark shit. So that was, like, the whole card ride down. And people were making fun of us about us laughing about that when we got there. Because we were trying to explain it to them. And I don't think they got why it was no, so funny. No, they just thought we were both fucking high. So. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so that was pretty much the ride down there. We stopped at a place, uh, a hot chicken place there in Louisville. What's the name of that place? Joella's. Joella's. Dude, yeah, man. fucking legit. Very good. I was impressed. I liked it a lot. What'd um, you get? I got the the middle of the road, or slightly below middle of the road, like tenders. They're like the sweet and hot, and it's like their original recipe ones. Just chicken tenders. They're pretty good sized. They put all the hot sauce and shit on them, and they put like a real thick piece of like it's like it's it's like Texas toast size, but it's softer bread, and it's like they butter the shit out of it, and they lay that chicken on top of it. So any sauce that is like running off the chicken like soaks into that bread and that's on your plate and then i got uh mashed potatoes and gravy and i got the spicy gravy where they put some of the spicy shit in with the gravy and then i got green beans with bacon bits in it and dude it was all legit mm. man sorry for all you listeners out there listening on your early morning transmute <laughs> like you like you're just transmute where are they transmuting into <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> On your early morning drive. Commute. Commute, sorry. <laughs> Transmute. Yeah, you're fucking they're they're all uh they're they're making gold. Anyway. Yeah, transmute the gold. Um so anyway, uh we ate there. We made it down uh, to Nashville there. I don't what did we do for dinner? Did we even do anything? I don't even remember. Oh fuck. No, I don't think we did. I think we ate it all when we got down there. No, we just ate there and then <clears throat> the rest away. So, first night there, they were doing the mega battle. It had already started. So, me and Scott just kind of showed up and hung out. Uh, Jake Bussey was there. Samson's there. Joe Kirkus was there. Um, all of Scott's buddies from Kentucky, uh, Nick and Kyle and Bradley. Um, who am I missing, Scott? All the other guys we know. Uh... 
Oh, what are the my guys from my game club? Jacob, yeah. Alex, Nick, yeah. we're all there. Um, David Poe. Yeah, <laughs> Matt. Matt yeah. was there from Delaware. Um, he we didn't see him that night, but he was there. He had already he flew yeah. all the way from Delaware. So that was yeah, cool. and I'm gonna try a really shitty East Coast accent because he's got a cool East Coast accent, but he's like, I don't know how you fuckers do it out of here. Like, <laughs> humidity about to kill me. <laughs> it's like, it's like I got off the plane, was like, fuck yes, I'm going back. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of accent did I just listen uh, to? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that was like Bugsy. He's <laughs> shooting out yeah, a Bugsy accent. Massy. Yeah, I don't know. We drove anyway. through an insane fucking rainstorm on the way down there. That's for sure. Jesus. Yeah, it made Scott nervous. I wasn't nervous. <sighs> Scott has scared. a like, he fair, was scared. Like, he's afraid by, of tornadoes. Like, I was making fun of him. Like he thought, like he's always like you're gonna get killed by like a swarm of AK-47 toting bees or something. I'm I don't pretty know. Tightly wound. You know, so. <laughs> he he likes to inform you of all the dangers of things that could happen. <laughs> I love, I love it. I love danger, and I love the statistics. I think <laughs> so, um, so yeah, the first night we didn't really do much. Just kind of hung out and said hey to everybody. So in the morning, the event kicked off. I think it was supposed to start around 9.30, and it pretty much started on time. Almost everybody got there. Uh, all the armies were painted. Everything looked good. The terrain looked good. Samson did good rounding up all the terrain. Uh it was just a three-round event. The tables, I think each table had its own mission, but most of the missions were just like out of the book. Like the missions, I played Blood Feud on one table, um, Tide of Carnage on one table, and then I just played a ZM game. I had a couple ZM tables if you wanted to play a ZM game instead of a normal game, you could. Yeah. And the ZM missions were a little more custom. The coolest thing about the ZM mission was Joe had printed off these cards. This isn't them, but they were about this size, and it has all the stratagems for ZM on cards, like a deck of cards. Mm -hmm. And then there was also custom-made ones, two for each legion. So 36 cards. There was an attacker and a defender one specific to each legion. And I guess these are free on some type of an event. There's like a 30K event running Facebook page yeah. like for event organizers. Those aren't uh, those aren't Andrews cards. They might be, but anyway, he said he just printed them off there and then cut them up. So I'm going to do that for our event down at Heresy Camp. Man, it was so much nicer than having to dig through your book because yeah. you have the little card and you keep it and lay it in front of you so you don't forget that you have it and you don't have to like flip back and forth to remember a firewash stats or anything like that. Yeah, we actually used those on the very first uh, uh, campaign day. For well, actually, throughout the entire first part of our Escalation League, when we were playing Zomortalis, we had that big stack of cards, and you'd go in there, and I have them in a big deck box over at Legacy, and they just pull out the deck box. You'd go look through what you want, and what you want to spend your stratagems on. You just pull them out, and then right there next to the deck box is like, okay, here's the dudes that you know, like, like we had available. You can get the Fire Wasp. You can get a, <clears throat> a some. Uh, what are they called? The militia, like the the ship crew that would come yep. on and stuff like that. Like we pretty much modeled everything we could, but yeah, the whole stratagems. A lot of like the Blood Angels ones are really good. 
because I think it gives you like furious charge or something like that. But I thought the Death Guard one was good. You picked a twelve by twelve square on the table, and everything in that square got its toughness lowered by one. That wasn't a Death Guard unit. Nice for a turn. The Iron Warrior one was funny. You pick a twelve by twelve square, and it has like a laser defense system. It's like every time you move in it, you get hit with a las gun shot, and it's like that for the entire game. So I had like <laughs> this unit of tactical marines were in that square for like three turns, and every time they moved or ran, they got shot. Like each guy took like five shots from fucking las guns, like ah ah ah, trying to go across this fucking square. <laughs> fuck 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 fuck. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um. And we laugh. We had a the funniest moment in that game. I was playing Duncan Kendall. Oh, that's who else was there? Duncan and Jack. We yep. saw them the next morning. Bradley um, from uh, Lexington. Yeah, I brought him up already. But yeah, he was there too. So I played Duncan Kendall in the zone game. And uh, I killed Kier Valen with these fucking... I charged Kier Valen and one Siege Tyrant with uh, five Grave Wardens or whatever. And I killed... The Siege Tyrant, uh, or he, how did it work? No, I killed everybody. It was just Kier Valen. So I charged Kier Valen. He challenges my sergeant, because he fights first, because Kier Valen has a Paragon Blade. He did three wounds to me, and I made three four-up saves. So he didn't even kill my sergeant. So then my sergeant lays in with the scythe, and then all my power fists go, and I just beat down Kier Valen, kill him consolidate whatever so i was like yes i didn't even lose a single fucking grave warden awesome so the next fucking card we pull is one where every model on the table has to make a strength check or whatever so my grave warden squad i fail four of the five strength checks and they all take a fucking wound with no armor saves allowed but so i'm like well i get my fucking invol save so i roll the four invol saves and fail all four oh it's like fuck like that cure kill cure valen and then move like three more feet and then this like Four of the five just fucking die. Just <laughs> get fucking sucked out. <laughs> like some environmental <laughs> effect. It's pretty funny. Uh, so yeah, I mean, did you kind of want to just briefly talk about our game, Scott? Like, yeah, man. So my first game, I played against the great and powerful friend of the show, Jake Bussy, over at uh, I Have Horse Podcast. Also, a distant relative of you mean uh, Covenant of Fire? Yeah, I have. Ho- what I say? I have horse. I have horse. Yeah, okay. He might be on there too, dude. We you know, know, he took over I the mean, name whenever they the decided to leave. The that is <laughs> Tim, Michael, could also be Jake. We don't know. You know, we don't know what, we don't know to what extent Tim's, Tim's deception goes to. Yeah. Can't put anything past that guy. But, uh, so over at the Covenant Fire podcast, and I played him on a, like a lava board that, um, First off, he plays Salamander, so it was really steamy and looked really good on there. But the idea was you're on like these these kind of islands that are suspended in the lava, and then there's bridges. Those are the strategic points you have to hold. So the game type was Dominion, but those were like key terrain features. Yeah, um, a lot of fun. Uh, what, what happened in that game? He had. Like a big unit. If you first off, you went through the lava, you took a strength eight AP three hit for every model that went through it. So you you really want to stay the fuck away from doing that. And then all vehicles are hit on their weakest armor. So we were uh, we got we started playing, and he had a Spartan kind of centrally located in the middle with a bunch of fire drakes in them. And 
since I've been playing World Eaters, I've gotten real used to being really good in combat. <laughs> man, yeah, man, World Eaters are just the shit in combat. Well, every once in a while, you gotta be brought down to gotta be brought back to reality. And um, turns out, Fire Drakes they they haven't gone anywhere, so don't call it a comeback because <laughs> uh, they punted a fucking. They they like they like warmed up. They like got they like loosened up their armor a little bit by uncorking a fucking can of whip ass on a three hundred and forty point unit of goddamn salt kicking them straight to the side. <laughs> it did proceeded to do that to just about everything else they touched. Um I think I finally slowed them down at the uh the last turn. I had like a big ass unit of twenty tactical marines, chaplain, apothecary fucking Praetor, all kinds of stuff, like this unit's juice to the gills, and um, I think I finally, like, held them in place until the end of the game with that unit, by having to, like, pull out every trick in the book, I had counterattack on my warlord, I had to use the exultation of butchery things, so I'm, like, trying to get my guys to attack more, but their fucking heads are exploding. It was, uh, <laughs> it was a lot of fun, man, and uh, Jake ended up pulling that out on me. I did. I did my best. Did my best. It was good enough. So, loyalist, loyalist uh, salamanders kicked me off the lava world. Yeah, it was a lava world. I don't know what you were expecting on that one. And he does run a podcast yeah. called Covenant of Fire. So. Hey man, which is exactly the right of war he was using, by the way. What? Yeah. <laughs> what a boss! <laughs> so redundancies going on here. Yeah. Actually known that something bad was going to happen. So, my first game, I played against this guy named uh, Doug Jones. He was playing a Dark Angel uh, Iron Wing list. He had, like, two tactical squads and rhinos, uh, a Praetor, and put the Praetor in a Spartan with nobody in there with him, just a Praetor (laughs) riding around in his own personal ride. Uh, He had a Fellblade with... Uh, all the tanks had arm, like all the big tanks had armored ceramite. Uh, obviously, um, the Spartan had a flare shield. He had a unit of three vindicators, a unit of three predators, a contemptor mortis dreadnought with dual carries, or maybe it was just a normal. I think it was just a normal dreadnought with with a single carries. Um, I'm trying to think what else he had. Dude. It may have been it. It's 2,500 points. That's a lot of points. Anyway, uh, we got <clears throat> the mission that we got was uh, tied to Carnage, where the, the your, your deployment zone's only worth like three points, and then the middle is worth five points, and then your opponent's deployment zone is worth seven if you can control it. So we ended up with table quarter deployment. I forget what the actual name of that deployment is, but it's where... You pick a corner, and then your search opponent goes on the destroy. yeah, search and destroy in the uh, in the opposite corner, and there's an 18 inch dead zone in the middle. So the thing about this deployment is you only start 18 inches apart because there's just you know you can deploy anywhere within nine inches of the center. So I I had roll won the roll to deploy and go first. So I deployed. I have five. My army list is basically four land raider Phoboses and a land raider Achilles. The Achilles has a five man. Uh, combi melta vet um uh, machine killer unit in it and then i have another then in, in one of the land raiders i just have 10 normal vets with melta bombs 
two power axes and a scythe on the sergeant that I run as weapon masters or marksmen. And then I have two units of death shroud with melt bombs and two of the other ones. And then a unit of grave wardens in the other one that have chain fist and power fist. So all my shit's geared to kill tanks and assault out of land raiders, like literally everything. So I started as close as I could, just wedged all the land raiders in there as close as I could. So I was pretty surprised. I didn't know what, maybe thought he had something up his sleeve. I don't know. He deployed his shit exactly opposite of me, right up on the line as well. But he doesn't have any assault stuff. It's all tanks. So good start. I've never met, I've never met Doug. I don't know him. I didn't know what was going on. I didn't want to be like, I don't know. I, the Mister like, Free Advice Fairy. Or yeah, I hate like that. that. Like, I don't. If I don't know the person and I don't play with them and it's like at an event, I don't want to be the guy that's like, uh, you know, don't play with that. You know, like I was whatever. So usually what happens if I don't know the person, because I've never played, I don't know his player skill. I don't know what's going on. So I didn't say anything. I was just like, whatever, maybe like, I don't know. So on my first turn, I drive up six, get out six. I'm only six inches away. I salt the fell blade. I salt some other shit, shoot some shit. I take nine hole points off the fell blade and all my shit's like parked right in his face. So on his turn, he's got to back the fell blade up and it only has three hole points. I also killed one of the vindicators and whatever. So then he has to concentrate fire, you know, and I got most of my other guys are still in their land raiders. I just got out the one vet squad. Um, and he manages to immobilize a land raider and I think kill the Achilles or whatever. And then from that point on, I like all my other units basically just moved forward and assaulted um, some type of vehicle or squadron every turn. And I just ended up, you know, kind of rolling over him where <laughs> if he'd, have, if he'd have put those uh, casually. Yeah. Like if he'd have had this fell blade all the way back in that back corner, and he had a plasma predator, those two vehicles would have killed my whole army, probably. Like, all he had to do was screen to get me out of my land raiders because I don't know why people are scared of an actual, like, land raider shooting at him. Like, it's not... Like, in that game, my land raiders actual firepower, like, land raiders shooting stuff, I killed one Vindicator and the Contemptor and did two whole points to a Rhino with five land raider shooting for an entire game, five turns. <laughs> huh. Maybe he's trying to psych you out, dude. <clears throat> Maybe he's just trying to get in your face, psych you out, push you back. I, I don't know. But anyway, after the game, I was like, we were kind of talking about it. I'm like, you shouldn't have deployed. Like, you know, then I kind of was like, you know, this is where it went wrong. And then he's like, yeah. He goes, I haven't played in a while, this and that. But I didn't want to, like, bust that out. Like, if I played him again, you know, I would, you know, I would have pointed. I would have been like, "Hey, like, don't put that there." But I didn't know. It's kind of, it's one of those awkward things where you don't know someone. You know what I mean? You don't want to say the wrong shit, like act like this know-it-all prick. Like, hey, don't put your models there. I'm just gonna fucking kill you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah? Do you just want to play my army for me? <laughs> just you know, is that cool? Yeah. So <laughs> it was kind of unfortunate. Um, it, I mean, I still had fun. Like, I hope he had fun. Like, it wasn't a bad experience by any means. Like, he was polite. I was polite. Everything was fine. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't like winning really didn't, you know, and it's typical 30K, like, narrative stuff. It's not like it really matters. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you. So that was me and Scott's first two games. What'd you do for your second game, Scott? <clears throat> so my second game, I played against an Imperial Knight player. And Lemmy. yeah, that's yeah. the other guy that was there. He used to be part of our game club, and he, then he moved down to Nashville. He lives down there now. But I already knew Lemmy. He he was up here in our game club. He was one of the game club originals. Is that the so, guy that has all those knights that are like in like Spartan positions, like poses? Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I remember that guy. So they were trying to think of who to like pair up with that, since that's a you know really tough matchup for pretty much anyone. And my list, I think, had the best shot of doing something effective against it out of all of them because I had two units of red butchers and the sergeants in those squads have a chain fist. There's at least something there that can hurt a knight. And then I had two units of vets in Ambulus that all had melta bombs. So there's something good against knights. You know, hopefully you have 10 guys and uh, you put them in the right position to be effective with that. And then I had a unit of just regular tactical marines that I kind of use as a blade of wounds for, uh, for like my Praetor, like my assault captain and stuff. So, um, Ended up like, hey, I'll play him. And it's, uh, I think his army was an Atropos, two Asherons, a Castigator, and a Poifiron. Yep. He, he had like household ranks, you know, in between all these. I think the Poifiron had like the Tank Hunter one and the Interceptor thing. And uh, um, I don't know what the other ones were. One the of the Asherons has the Ulan, the Scout one. Yeah. So, so, uh, the Ash, the, the Atropos was his. So I ended up seizing on him, which was a good start because this is already going to be kind of an uphill battle, right? So, um, I, I think as my warlord trait, I got D3 units could infiltrate and I was playing Pride of the Legion. So my Terminators are infantry. They have a land raider that's dedicated transport. So if you get infiltrate to that unit, they can then transfer that that special rule onto their dedicated So I outflanked one of the land raiders and I strove the other one up the middle. And uh, so two pods come in turn one and I think it, it, they like, you know, they just like land and I move flat out and whatever and try to get in the side arc as best I can. And I'm trying to think ahead and be like, hey, you know, I know he's going to blow these fucking pods up. Like, that's going to happen. So, when he does that, I want to be able to put my unit out in the side arc of these things as best I can or whatever. So, <clears throat> they don't just get shot to shit. So, he has to, like, charge me and try to deal with me in close combat. Because playing, like, against that army, you can't... Like, I don't have enough shooting. I have to do it in close combat. Because that's a, what a world leader's army is. So I kind of have to accept the fact that I'm going to be bleeding models. And I just have to make every one of them count. Like each one of those guys that has a melt bomb has to do a fucking whole point sort of thing. And, you know, put myself so that when I do die, I'm in the position when it's kind of okay to go. You know, I'm not just uh, losing models to fucking flamers and all kinds of crazy shit shooting face. Things like that. So... Uh, how did it end up? I, I think I killed four out of the five, and the last one that was left was the Poi Firing, so that thing intercepted me with the AP2 Helios missile and blew up my crib as the turn it came in. 
go bam, at least one of those squads is just on foot, get shot to fucking shit by the Atropos and boy fire. Because that thing's back in one, one end of the corner and I'm on the other. So they're like walking all the way across the fucking. Uh, <clears throat> so I killed four out of the four out of the five, and then the boy firing was the only one left. Well, the other land raider finally comes in, I think, on turn three or four, and it comes in on the wrong side, so it gets shot, blown up, and then my stuff just kind of dies, like trying to chase this one potato knight. So eventually everything kind of gets shot to death and I realize like there's no, the game was set I think for six turns so there's no like physical way for my Praetor to get to his knight which is the only model I have left period. So um, I try to like move him back and run around the corner because as it so happens like this was the bottom of the sixth turn or, or top of the sixth turn for me. And I was up by a victory point, so as long as I have one thing that fucking lives throughout the game, I'd win by a point. But I was not able to move my dude, I guess, out of line of sight, so the fucking strength 10 blast hit me twice, and I failed both in-ball saves. So I died, and that was that. So <laughs> I'm taking <laughs> quite the fucking beating so far, but it was fun. Lemmy seemed like a nice enough guy. Um... I'm not a ugh, dude playing against all knights. Kind of a strange, kind of a mixed bag for me because it, like the game becomes very one dimensional. You know, it, you know it's not it's not like oh I got to worry about a shooting or I got to try to outmaneuver these things. You no, know, just doing one thing in a very linear fashion. So any sort of abstract like a normal force organization or goes out so kind of stressed out uh, even if you win you just feel like you're like it's a race against time you know it's sort of a, uh, so that was my second game yeah so my second game was against uh, Duncan Kindle in that ZM game that I already brought up um, we we just decided we wanted to play ZM and we went over, and neither one of us had a ZM list written. Um, but David's event was doing the same format that the, uh, Tim and those guys invented over there at I at Horus, and that I do for all, all my events, where you can just bring as many lists as you want. No big deal. So we just we sat down real quick and wrote ZM list. And because we didn't even, when we showed up, we didn't know you'd be able just to play ZM if you wanted. We decided to do it. So we wrote lists. I think we played a thousand points. So I had like five Death Shroud, uh, Praetor that went with them, five Grave Wardens, uh, five Veterans with Combi Meltas and Marksmen, and then ten just basic tactical guys. And then I took a uh, a uh, damn it, what is that? The uh, Fire Wasp thing. So I had a Fire Wasp. And then I took Laz Cutters on the tactical squad, so they'd have something to go through doors, the little upgrade. Yep. And then I took the, the special Death Guard um, stratagem that I was telling you about, where it's like minus one toughness on a square. So uh, Duncan took Kier Valen, five Tyrants, uh, five normal Cataphracty Terminators, 
with like two combi plas and a plasma blaster, and then the rest had a mix of close combat weapons. Uh, two ten-man tactical units. That may have been it. So the mission was uh, where I had to escape. Like I was the attacker, but like shit has gone fucking south, and I'm trying to like it's a failed assault, and I'm like trying to get back off the ship, and he's trying to prevent me from doing that. So I would have scored one point for every unit I got off of his table edge, and he would score one point for every unit that ended the game on the table or he destroyed. So um, I ended up winning. I mean, it was it was fairly close, but he had some bad luck. Like I, uh, I got the drop on him with Grave Wardens on his Tyrants and shot the shit out of him with the fucking poisonous grenade launcher things and ZM where they gained shred put a bunch of wounds on him and he failed a bunch of armor saves, killed a bunch of them before they got to do much. And then, um, my tactical squad fought his tactical squad, but I'd upgraded mine with the additional close combat weapons. And then I was running the reaping. So my guys had rad grenades. So I had a big edge there. Uh, so I ended up kind of grinding through those. And then, uh, my death shroud hit his other tactical squad with a tour and a bunch of death shrouds. So that's not, a winning recipe. That's what those guys are designed just to chew through. But then his Terminators came on from reserves, and I think I was down to like three Death Shroud and my Praetor, and he comes on and he's got all these fucking plasmas and combi plasmas that he's going to lay into me with. But right. I was like, oh fuck, I'm going I'm to lose some guys here. Between him rolling to shoot and rolling to wound, he did one plasma wound to me with all that shit. Oh boy. And I, I made roll. this. <laughs> yeah, and then, <laughs> then I think I made the involve save. <laughs> and it didn't do anything. <laughs> and he was just like, well, fuck. So the next round, I shot back at him with the fucking Kim Flamers and all that that the the Grave Wardens have, or the, sorry, the Death Shroud have, and then charged in, killed that unit. I was able to get... Uh, he whittled down some of my squads, like my little five-man veteran squad, I think was down to like two dudes. I think my tactical squad was down to six. My Death Shroud was down to one or two guys and then my Praetor, and then my Grave Wardens were down to one guy. But he never did in, in manage to like finish off a whole squad. Um, and I was able to get all those little partial squads off the board except for the Grave Wardens. So, But it, the game was a little closer than the fucking score showed. And it was like his first game he'd ever played as EM, but he liked it. So hopefully, maybe next time he comes down... Uh, since I have my Z and board, I didn't know that he didn't play it a lot. We can play some other missions and check it out. Cause I think him playing iron warriors and um, just knowing Duncan, I think he would really like ZM if he played it more. I think he'd really like it a lot. Yeah. Especially once you start building a list tailored more towards ZM, like it do- definitely makes a difference. Right. Um, and when you know what so, stratagems are out there, like to immediately help you out. ZM, man. Right. Fucking so badass. Yeah, it's super fun. So what was your third game, Scott? So my third game was against uh, Delaware Matt. So I wanted to play Matt in the second round, but like I said, I kind of had the list, so I had to jump on the night hand grenade. But I played Matt the third round, and we both uh, we were just like, hey, let's fucking do this. We didn't really, you know, think too much about the mission or anything we picked our stratagems we both play with like a 1500 point zone so you were playing zm you decided to play zm right yeah 
So we, we played Zone Mortalis, and we were playing with 1,500-point lists. Did you start all your guys' units on the table? No. Oh, you no, did so do half we, and half? Okay. Yeah, we did do okay. half and half. Um, and, you know, we, we picked our stratagems, whatever. The thing that kind of threw, threw, made it sort of lopsided was we rolled off for the deployment zones, and the deployment zones were determined like strips. So each, you know, 12-foot square, you know, going all the way across long ways was inch. a deployment zone. Yeah. 12 foot, 12 inch. Jesus fuck, man. What is it, wrong with so, that? So if you imagine a 4 by 4 ZM board, it's made of four rows of four tiles. So what Scott's saying is each row of four tiles was a deployment zone. And you basically rolled a D4. And so if you rolled a 1, you were in the 1, you know, like if you were looking at it vertically, like 1 would be the 1 on the bottom. So if you rolled a 1, you were there. If you rolled a 2, it's the next one. If you rolled a 3, it's the next one. So the deployment zones that they rolled were right next to each other. And he yeah. pinned, and yeah, Matt yeah, was yeah. pinned against a board edge where he didn't have anywhere to go against a so, world leader. Yeah, like I said, that's like the last fucking thing you want. Um, what works really well against world leaders is like when you have mobile firepower, like an, an armored breakthrough list where your vehicles are fast or some shit like that, where... You know, they come in, you can displace, and then shoot them the fuck up and keep away from them. Um, we didn't really have an option to do that because I was, like, right in his grill, and it wasn't any fault of his own. It's just kind of how the dice fell. But uh, he actually barbecued a lot of my fucking dudes trying to get into close combat with him. He had a, he plays Black Shields. He had Pariah Flamers. Those are pretty good teams. They, uh, yeah. they fucking laid some, laid some waste to, I think I had, two 10-man assault squads, and he killed, like, six out of one squad and seven out of the other just on Overwatch alone. So that's pretty fucking... That don't suck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, fortunately, you know, I had enough that made it to him. So, But uh, we had a real good game, man. It's a lot of fun, and it's always cool to meet someone who's, like, a listener from, from that far away. And his army was fucking very, very sharp looking you know you can tell he put a lot of time into the fluff and the appearance and like i said it's a black shields army but i think it's originally death guard in origin and he really represented that pretty effectively in his paint scheme his army composition and stuff his army is awesomely painted if you imagine so the classic death guard like the bone white with the the off like that weird kind of putrid off color green like mine is his army imagine that but instead of white it's black so it's black with that green instead of white yep. with that green. So that was really dope, man. And, and it's always, you know, you don't play against a lot of black shield armies. So it was a lot of fun to get to play against something that's pretty. He, he also discovered something funny that I had missed. Um, just is something I hadn't thought of. That's like my new favorite thing. And I almost want to do it for my black shields too, but it, it doesn't really fit the, fit the fluff. But if other, anybody else out there that, would find interest in this it's pretty hilarious so pariah flamers simply state um any unit in a black shields army it just simply says unit that has an option to take one of these options like a flamer a bolt or whatever can upgrade to the pariah version for whatever the points cost says so flamers are free to go to pariah flamers and it just says unit in a black shield army it doesn't specify Infantry, it doesn't specify Legion of Stardis, Black Shields, it just says unit in the army with this option. So he took Castellax and put dual flamers on the arms. 
and has the bolt cannon on the shoulder, and then made the dual flamers on the arms, pariah flamers. Ooh. Wow. So, yeah, that was a thing. And then gave them scout. Wow. With uh, the Pravian special rule. <laughs> pretty clever. Clever yeah. little thing, man. <laughs> Anybody's wondering, that works. That, that yeah, it's suck. pretty fucking hilarious. Damn, so any fucking flamer in the army can become... Yeah, and normally it's not a big deal because you think, like, no, nothing on a bike gets a flamer except outriders, which the flamers are, like, what, like, 25 points of fucking... Like, something outrageous where you end up, like, 50 points a model or something. Yeah. Um, Jet bikes don't get a flamer. There, I don't think there's any vehicle in the game that gets a flamer. They get heavy flamers, but not normal flamers. Dreadnoughts don't know. Dreadnoughts get heavy flamers in their hands. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't affect any vehicle. So it's like it's pretty tight. It's pretty airtight on like quote unquote abuse. Um, and I don't think that put them on Castlex are abusive, mind you. I mean, they're like 125 fucking points of robot, and you got to buy 100 point in. They don't score. It's just like an odd thing that you don't think of having flamers that you can upgrade. It's like one of those kind of weird thing. Plus, uh. Black Shields only ever get a single console, so if you buy the Pravian, like that's, that's the, it. your one console you're getting. Yeah, yeah. but uh, it's definitely really cool. Now it did bring up something. You know how if you like, you can take if you take a Pravian, you can choose your Legion of Stardes that you join. Yep. So with Black Shields, does that mean if you take Chimera, you can have like tough eight fucking robots? Shit. I don't know. Is we that we the were kind of. I guess so. Yeah, it Super says you robots, gain the Legion man. of Stardis uh, rules of. Oof. When you take your Praven, it says you can choose to use the Legion of Stardis rules as one of the things. So, I mean, it's like a. I mean, it, I don't know. It's not that. It's no different, really, than the Iron Hands one. It works in combat against shooting. It's the same, so I don't really think it's the strength bonus is negligible because you're a monstrous creature anyway. So you're already AP two. They're already like fucking strength six. Racks doesn't suck. That wouldn't be bad. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know. Like it's one of those things. I like that's a fucking gray area. I need to add that to the FAQ. Like how does this fucking work? If you take a Pravian with black shields, and you choose to use your Legion of Stardis rules with the Pravian, and you have Chimera, how does that affect the fucking robots? Do their stats change? <laughs> the fucking rules writers are like, no, stop it. <laughs> like, stop. Uh, I don't know. It, it wasn't anything. I It, it just kind of came up. Matt was asking me about that, and I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I personally think Scout's better, because the one drawback those things have is they're fucking slow, like especially Castlax, they plot across the board. Um. So I think if you're going to do the dual flamer with the pariah flamer and the bolt cannon and then want to get them in close combat, I think scout is the way to go anyway. Uh, where Scott just brought up the what really would be, you do kind of want to know for Vorax because they already have scout built in. So you yep. can outflank with them, do whatever. Um, that's the other thing. You can outflank those Castellacs with all those pariah flamers, which is pretty funny too, with, if you give them scout. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, Vorax have scout or whatever already built in so you could choose you know the legion of Stardes and and they would make a difference going from six to seven that's a pretty significant upgrade damn 
That's a cake question. Put it on a cake. Yeah. So anyway, that was my... Uh, that's Was that all your third game? Do you have anything more to say, Scott, about that? That's me, man. That's my whole experience. I really had a good time. And last year I went to this thing and came back ranting and raving about it. And I'm glad at least maybe hopefully I convinced some people to go and enjoy it too because it's only getting better every year. Yeah. You didn't have a car crash on the way down either too. I fucking did bonus. not. That was very nice. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> he had a car crash last year. It's like episode 42 or something. (laughs) Episode uh, 55, I think. (laughs) So anyway, uh, my third game was against Jake Bussey. He was playing his Salamanders that Scott got to play earlier. So we played on this like City Ruins table that looked real cool. It was the Forge World City Ruins tiles with like, you know, really nicely painted like the Games Workshop plastic buildings, terrain and shit like that on there. So we were Dawn of War deployment. I was playing my same list, the one with the five land raiders and the 25 dudes in the army. Um, He was probably playing something similar, if not the exact same list that he played against Scott. He had like eight fire drakes, a chaplain, and a praetor and a spartan. And he had some, uh, let's see if I can say it without gagging, some pyroclast and a uh, (laughs) uh, phobos. And then he had two rhinos with tactical marines in them. A Scorpus Whirlwind, a Fire Raptor, and a Contemptor Mortis Dreadnought with dual carries. Does that sound about like what you played against? Yep. That sounds pretty fucking close. Okay. So he went first. We were playing on a board where it was supposed to be like city ruins and like there was dust floating in the air and shit from everything being shelled. Um, so it was, you got plus one cover save. If you got a cover save at all, you just got plus one. It was for the entirety of the game. So when you got that many ruins, you're just getting a bunch of three-up cover saves, which is pretty rough when you're, like, shooting vehicles with last cannons and shit because, like, we have, like, the Spartan slash Land Raider duel and all this stuff, so we're getting all kinds of cover saves against it. So his first turn, he pretty much dumped his entire army um, into one of my Land Raiders and managed to blow it up. And these, the Death Shroud that were in there had to get out. So all five Death Shroud got out, and he wrecked this Land Raider. Um, then on my first turn, I went all the way to the other flank, and I, I just have a Land Raider down there. And la- the Land Raiders really hadn't done shit all day. So I'm like, well, this is the only Land Raider that can get a shot on a Spartan in the side arc because he's got a Flare Shield. So I shoot at this Spartan. It's getting a three-plus cover save. So the first last cannon I hit with... Uh, roll for armor pin, fails to pin. The second last cannon, I rolled a hit, I hit, I rolled a six, so I get a pin. Jake is going to get a three-up cover, so he rolls a two, fails his cover save. So I roll for damage and roll the dreaded six, and the Spartan fucking explodes and dumps his fire drakes out all over in the middle of the road, <laughs> just outside of his deployment zone. So, <laughs> Jake quit. That's how you handle that. <laughs> <laughs> Jake quit. Damn it, Ryan! <laughs> he couldn't. He couldn't get over it. Like he just kept staring at the table, like looking for like a fucking way out of the situation. He's like, "Damn it!" And then he's like, "Well," he starts getting his fire drinks out. And he's like, "Well, how far do they get out?" And I'm like, "Well, I blew it up, so they go right where it went." He's like, "Oh yeah, that's right." So he's putting them down, and as he's putting them down, he's just shaking his head and he goes, "Man, you got me on the fucking first last cannon. How does that even happen?" I said, "Hey, in my defense, it was the second last cannon. It was just the first tank that shot." <laughs> So, um, 
that kind of summed up. I mean, it was still a good game, but that kind of right off the bat put him at a huge disadvantage because that was like where the majority of the points of his fucking army are at. And then I knew right then and there that I could basically dictate the terms. So at that point, I just kept all my land raiders back because I still had four land raiders left and I was just firing all the last cannons and strength eight shatter rounds and multi meltas into those fucking fire drakes. And every time he failed to save, he's just losing a whole model. Boop, boop, boop. And then when he got finally got close enough, because he's walking and not so he has a threat range of he walks six and then has a two D six charge and there's a bunch of ruins, so you're pretty much always like losing the two inches, plus he's salamander, so he's always minus one. So he was rubbing running covenant of fire, so he didn't lose the two, but he's always minus one. So he's always minus one to charge range, so I try to keep my stuff like no closer than nine, ten inches away. So that he would have to roll like, 10 or higher on two dice to fucking get that charge. But giving him false hope where he wants to try it and I still get to overwatch him. So that was kind of the plan. Um, he caught on to that because I was like trying to bait him with fucking Shroud. Where they get to do their heavy flamer attack thing with the poison and all that. Um, but he never would fall for it. But I kept setting my guys up. I, f I finally like lured him in enough because like I said his threat range is move 6, 2d6, charge. Well, I, because I'm still all in my land raiders, I can shoot forward six in the land raider, then get out six and get two D6. Um, so eventually I got the drop on him where I drove up three land raiders and I was able to dump both full squads of Death Shroud flamers into the fire drakes and dump the full complement of poison grenade launchers doing double taps with the poison grenade launcher small blast with all the poison into them as well, and also shoot all the fucking Land Raider, Laz Cannons, Heavy Bolters, all that shit into them. Just and I ended up... Yeah, I ended up murdering them down to, like... I think he had the Chaplain, the Praetor, and a normal Drake, or something like that. And then I charged... Um, I was going to charge all three units in, and I failed the charge. I, I made the charge with the first unit, really failed the charge with the second unit, and then I thought that I had failed the charge by one inch with the other unit. We're like, I need a five, and I rolled a four. I was like, well, fuck, this isn't good. Like, I only got one unit in of the three when I was expecting to get all three and, like, gang up on these guys. And then we were like, he was like, ha-ha, this is where I'm going to turn it around. And then I remembered right when we said that that I rolled the Warlord trait where I get plus one charge distance. <laughs> on all or plus resistance and run and I brought it up and he went ah shit <laughs> I guess I rolled a four and I needed a five so that other second unit got in there and I ended up uh, I was able to uh, kill all that stuff uh, with the two units doing bully beatdown on him and uh, getting rid of those uh, the other stuff his. Uh, his Contemptor Mortis, like, slowly walked forward and I think eventually killed my Achilles. Uh, then I assaulted it with Death Shroud and killed it. The funniest thing was he had these Pyroclasts, and I'm making fun of him the whole game, and he's trying to say that they're not that bad. They ended up, like, getting up in their Land Raider and getting out to assault my Achilles, but the Achilles died to the um, Contemptor before they could assault it. And then when it died, it didn't explode. So I just got the guys out of it and put them on the other side where the fire, where the pyroclast couldn't shoot them. Uh, right. Then on my turn, 
I drove my other Land Raider over there with my 10 uh, just marksman vets in it. And I got out with the 10 marksman vets right in front of them, like one inch away, and shot them with bolt pistols and just murdered three with marksman bolt pistols because I got AP2 and they don't have invuls. So just three of the five die to bolt pistol fire, sniper bolt pistol fire. And then I uh, charged the remaining two, and he does his overwatch. I don't think he did shit. And then um, he punches me with his, like, or no, I, I killed him all the way down to, like, the sergeant, I think. It's just the sergeant left, and the sergeant had a power fist. And then I charged in and uh, just fucking cut the sergeant apart with my, you know, scythe or whatever before he even went. Something like that. So I didn't do much. Pretty much do what pirate class do. Uh, <laughs> his Scorpius like whirlwind was a rock. pain in the ass. Yeah. Uh, I, I think he put a couple whole points on land raiders and shit with it. Um, he killed... He killed like three of my five... Uh, after he killed the Achilles and the five guys got out, he killed like two or three of those with the, the Scorpius and then they failed their break check and ran off the table. And he had it in this corner where it was really hard to get to and I never was able to kill that thing. So at the end of the game... I won by a shitload of kill points because it was blood feud and he chose infantry, not tanks. And then quickly realized he had to basically kill the tanks to get the infantry out anyway before he could kill the infantry. If I didn't want to get them out, I didn't have to. So he, he like regretted that decision because I had the equal number of tanks and infantry. For him, I chose tanks because he had more tanks than infantry. And I ended up... Uh, and plus he had a lot more kill points than I did because I just have the 11 kill points in my army. Um... I feel like he had more than that. Maybe not. I don't know. Oh, that's what it was, because he had all the characters and the fire drakes and the spark and all that shit. So I ended up winning on quite a big margin on kill points, but I think his... What did he have left? He had his Scorpus was still left. He had a Rhino still left. And he had one or two tactical squads still left. And I think he had the other Land Raider left that the uh, Pyro class were riding in. But uh, it was a fun game. It went the five turns, whatever. Jake's fucking fun to play with so it's a good game i like how like that's every time i play anybody with some fire drakes that's my first thing is whatever transport they're on just blow that in up real quick and it's a long walk <laughs> like good luck for them <laughs> they'll figure it out well that's why i mean it's pretty funny because i always tell people that a charybdis is better than a spartan and they always look at me cross-eyed and tell me i'm a fucking idiot and no matter how much i talk to them they don't believe me and i'm like you're in love with these stupid fucking quad last cannons. And it, all it does is make this thing that really should only be tough and get your guys where they need to go. And you stick these guns on there that you want to drive slow and use because they're so useful. And it makes it this paradox. It's like, it's like this standoff last cannon boat that you want to sit back with, but you really should be using it to like move as fast as you can to get your guys as close as possible. And, People can't get through their head that if I take a Charybdis and I drop it in on you, it goes where I want it to go, like immediately my guys are there, and even if it dies the second it comes in, my I still, still got there. the payload, it's still there. They're still where they need to be. It doesn't matter. It's not like a Spartan that dies in your deployment zone and now your guys are stuck. That can't happen to a Charybdis. It gets to come in, and it gets your guys where they go, and it's cheaper. I sent, but uh, it is what it is. 
So in the in the Crusader House, the Patreon Crusader House, we were talking about the Spartan, and you're making that same argument about how <clears throat> its quad last cannons are, you know, so counter <laughs> to what it stands for. You know, it's like it's like why do I have this like long range fucking last cannons on well, a have, fucking so in order vehicle? to get out of a vehicle, you can only move it six inches. And when you want when you want to charge something, you, you move six and your guys get out six and then they can charge two D six. Well if you're trying to get like the charge that you're not gonna fail, your land your Spartan usually ends up about eight inches away from the enemy. And its only guns are basically fucking quad last cannons. Because heavy bolters don't fucking do anything. I'm convinced that like don't even roll dice for them. Just forget that they're even on there. But uh yeah. So go ahead, Michael. So yeah, so we're having that conversation, and I, I modeled up. Uh, I took the 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 incinerator cannons off of the La- Grey Knight Land Raider, only because the flamestorms. The flamestorms. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but basically because I couldn't find a Redeemer flamestorm cannon, and I like photoshopped it on to the Spartan, and I was like, this could work, man. Like this would be like fun as shit if you gave this thing torrent. And like, you know, just let it go forward. Gave it some AP three flamers. This would be a fun unit to just like give chaos, like you know, to make chaos. And maybe not even give torrent, you know, just just absolutely annihilate well, the enemy. So I have a Spartan for my word bearers, just because it looks awesome, and I wanted to build a Spartan with all kinds of fucking spike skulls and candles on it, and it looks rad, and it's like the centerpiece model for the table or for the army. But people are always surprised when I go first and I move my Spartan twelve and then don't shoot it at all and then flat and then flat out another six inches. And they're like, "You didn't even shoot this." I'm like, "Yeah, it's not its fucking job." I have Galvor back and a bunch of guys in here that I want to rip your face off with. Why the fuck am I stopping to shoot guns? <laughs> like, that's my first move. Spartan eighteen inch move, no shooting. <laughs> and then on turn two, I move six, get out, and then I start shooting with it if it lives. I so slowly back it away and shoot one eighth of your army's points, or one one quarter, or actually no, yeah, one tenth of your army's points. So I wish it had like guns that made sense on it. Like that's why I always like the Crusader and the Redeemer better than the standard Land Raider in 40k. They have weapon loadouts that make sense. I'm telling you, dude, we need to make a. Oh my goodness! Remember the good old days of Bell Lost Souls, and I know you're 100 percent against this already, because I think I've tried to like talk you into it before. But like when Bell Lost Souls used to come out with these like data sheets for like Bell Lost Souls uh, units, like special made units, they were like custom units. They balanced the points out, and like they let people use them in their events and stuff like that. Oh, that'd be so badass. Yeah, I don't know. It's just you start doing all that non-standard shit, and then everybody has to take it. Like, they don't have and make to. everything custodes. Like then what? Make everything what? Custodes, like just the plus one army. Yeah, I have this, but it's just better than this. Like the the fucking thirty percent too cheap javelin wasn't good enough. Let's put double the guns on it and an extra hole point because reasons. Yeah, but if you, like, okay, if you balanced it out, though, like, if you made a Spartan Redeemer. Me? Like, like what, yeah. am I just going to, like, shit time? Or we're just going to, like, pray to God that <laughs> days go to 48-hour days and that, like, no, I'm good. I'm all set. You can't, 
I feel like we could, like, I, I always enjoy, like, shoving fucking data into the Kimmel pewter. Like, just, like, try to, like, force it. It's like, come on. Come on. Like, I think we're overloading you, but. You no, know. you do that to me on the fly, and then I make little mistakes, and I get nine fucking emails about how there aren't fucking last cannon turrets in 30K or whatever the fuck. <laughs> Some guy last... sitting at home like, re, I got yeah. him. I fuck got him. <laughs> fuck, I listened to 10 episodes, and he fucked one thing up. Let's email him. <laughs> Which is fine. I'm not. I, <laughs> I shouldn't sound that way because it sounds like I'm like, it's good that people point it out so we can bring it up on the show. Speaking of that, we were supposed to, in the intro, talk about I did fuck two things up in last week's talk that we need to set straight. We don't want to put out bad information, so I am glad people say it. But it's a little annoying when it's like something in passing that honestly doesn't really have anything to do with the argument. We were just like kind of talking at her ass, but it doesn't change the argument. It's like a, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't change the point that we're trying to make at all. So what what was it, Ryan? Oh, the basically, if you don't have the super heavy special rules, you don't have fast uh, vehicle type, sponsons are fucking pointless. And and when I say this rule set, I mean the the rule set that Heresy is currently in that goes all the way back to 6th edition. So, so when I said, when have you seen Predator Annihilators, I, my brain is going all the way back to 6th edition when I only played 40k. So I wasn't even thinking about that they don't exist. I know they don't exist in 30K, but I was like, my whole brain was thinking like, I never even saw them in fucking 40K. You just never see sponsons on fucking Predators unless it's Armored Breakthrough because it gives them the fast special rule. Because it's just an absolute waste of points. So when we were talking about that guard tank, we the when this, the one where it's like, you can put the four last cannons on it. When I said how often do you see that? I was thinking like, for whatever reason, I don't know why, but my brain was, cause I used to have bought a, 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 a small death guard army and it, it came with a fucking predator with four last cannons on it. That was glued. And I tried to play it. Like I can't tell you how many times and it was awful. Cause if you move it at all, you're like, well, there's half the fucking points that are into this thing that I can't fire. Like, Dumped. you know, yeah. and it's, yeah. So, and then, like all my friends were like, that thing's terrible. You don't put, you don't put fucking spawn. I'm like, I know, man. It's on the tank. I'm gonna play it. And so, like, you never saw. It. Like, I went to. I can't tell you how many 40k events, games of 40k we played here back when 40k had that rule set, and you never fucking saw a predator annihilator. Nobody ran that shit. I know. It's like, like a guy who runs a power sword on his siege breaker, and yeah. his other friend gives <laughs> a lot of fucking shit for it. Yeah, it does have tank hunter, that tank hunting power sword, hey, where bro, you can glance to death out. a fucking rhino. After about eighteen turns, sword in a five-turn game. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like so. I was basically making the point that sponsons are useless. It doesn't matter what the turret weapon is. So yes, we probably should have stipulated that because when I was like, you don't ever see them. People were like, yeah, you don't ever see them because it's not an option. Ah! I'm like, well, it was an option in 40k, and you didn't see it there. But it doesn't. The 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 fact that it has a whatever the turret weapon is is doesn't matter. It really doesn't. It could have anything you want on the turret. It's the fact that sponsons are fucking pointless on a tank that if it moves, it only gets to shoot one gun at full ballistic skill. Yeah. I get it. And, but if it makes you and feel the, any better, uh, nobody sent me an email to change my mind about the, that tank. Like, nobody came up with any excuse. Like, 
why they would buy that tank. Yeah. The other thing that we fucked up, which this wasn't uh, the only per the the this was actually funny, and I'm glad this came up because it was pretty funny getting my balls busted. My buddy Nick, who I'm mean to, and he's mean to me. We're mean to each other. It's kind of funny. When we, me and you were joking about somebody's gonna fucking want to argue with me on Facebook about this. Um, that particular instance, I was wrong in whatever we were joking about, and I picked the wrong time to make the argue with on Facebook joke because fucking Nick like quotes it and then like types out how I was wrong, and then everybody made fun of me on there, which was fucking funny. So what it was was the the graviton weapon on the Leviathan, the gra- what is it called, grav cannon, grav, grav whatever. Bombard. Yes. So I was right in the fact that it works really well against bikes and, and fucking cannons and all that shit. But I, if you remember right, when we had the conversation, I couldn't remember exactly why. And I was like trying to talk through it live while we were recording about characteristic tests and all this. And I went on some weird tangent. I was wrong about all the characteristic test shit. So throw that out. The reason it works is because it's a strength test, not a toughness test. Ah, uh, okay. So... The, so the crew have strength and the gun doesn't. And it says use the toughness of the gun, blah, blah, blah. But you, it's a strength check, so you don't you can't fucking figure the gun because it has strength dash. And it works well against bikes because bikes boost your toughness, not your strength. And because it's a strength check and it's on two dice, it's always you always fail on a four or, or on a five or higher on two dice. So it's as simple <laughs> as that. So I was right about it being good against those things and that's why but I couldn't get to the why it was good because I didn't remember how the fucking that it was just a strength check. And I went on some weird tirade about characteristic checks that <laughs> was all wrong. <laughs> anyway, that's a weird spot in the show to put that. So, back to the fucking event thing. Um So, yeah, the the event was fucking awesome, man. After after we did the uh, played all the rounds of the event. I see Derek. I see him. After we did uh, all the rounds of the event, we all went out to Longhorn Steakhouse and had fucking steak. That was fun. I think eight of us went. Alex, uh, both Nicks, Jake, me, Scott, um, Kyle, and Bradley. I believe that was who all went out to dinner. So that was pretty fucking awesome. And, uh, Man, overall, the event was good. They had 30K there, 40K, Battletech of all things. I was pretty pumped to see that. It was pretty fucking awesome. The biggest thing was the Kings of War. Like, that's like a, the biggest Kings of War event in the Southeast, maybe in the U.S. Like, it's fucking huge. Like, they probably had 50 Kings of War players there. <laughs> it was a lot. Do you know how many it was, Scott? I know at least 60. Oh, it was at least 60. Yeah. And the man. The armies were beautiful. I was blown away. Like, they were easily on the same level, if not... Like, it, they were as good as any heresy event I went to in paint quality. Wouldn't you say that, Scott? Yeah, Overall. I would. They, they... Everybody was on the same page of what they were trying to accomplish there. That's what I would say about it. Yeah, there wasn't what any... Was, what was with the MMA so cage there? Like, what was going on with that? So, oh, we'll get to that. So they had a ring... Like a, a boxing ring, a miniature boxing ring, and a miniature MMA cage. But the actual like armies, ev- like for one, every single model was painted. There wasn't any person that was playing with even a single model that was unpainted that I saw. And not only was everything painted, 
everything was painted to a legit standard. It wasn't no three-color minimum bullshit. There wasn't any rush jobs. There wasn't any, like, well, I got most of this stuff done, but these three units, I didn't, like, I didn't see any of that. Like, everything was, like, everybody put in a lot of effort into their armies, and everything looked great, and you could tell it. Like, yeah, the whole, the like, everyone there. vast majority had display boards, you know. Yeah, it was fucking legit. So the MMA cage and the ring, um, one game per round, I think. I could be getting this wrong because I obviously didn't pay it, like, was it playing in the event. But if you were, like, on the top tables, maybe, or maybe you just had a really nice-looking army or whatever, for whatever reason, you got to play your match in that MMA cage, and they were, uh, I think, live-streaming them. They have cameras and stuff set in, up in them. And because it was like a cage match theme, a lot of people were wearing luchador gear. So there was lots of like dudes dressed as like luchadors or like wrestlers. They had like wrestling belts and shit. And they were playing Kings of War in these crazy outfits in these cages, like being live streamed on the internet, having a good fucking time. That's wild, man. If you're out there listening and you're a Kings of War player, you missed out. <laughs> yeah, you missed I was out fucking... on some hot KOW action. And I, I want to put some breaking news out there because I know like people like clickbaity shit. I just want to put out there that 40k is obviously dying. Yes, yes. Um, <laughs> it was smaller than the BattleTech event. Um, so when BattleTech, um, in a, like a, a small Tennessee convention, is bigger than the uh, 40k event, I mean it obviously means it's dying. Just sell your shit and get out while you can. I mean don't don't look for any other evidence. We're telling it to you here now. Um, yeah, my so first that, draft of my expose regarding this issue is done and pending review, so expect that. Yeah, close. expect that up on Bulls. 40K is dead because one event in Tennessee had less players in their 40K event than the Battletech event. Yeah, they dropped the whole Elysian line, so you can already tell that that's, you know, that's... Yeah, I mean, on Forge World, they got rid of the entire Elysian faction. I mean, kind of some of the 30k players were worried but they only got rid of torsos for them not an entire faction of the game so if i was a 40k player i'd be really worried that 40k was going away hashtag panic yeah you heard it you heard <laughs> hashtag panic you heard it here first folks 40k is dead <laughs> kind of wish 40k was dead after <laughs> after yesterday but there's a <laughs> if we get could... <laughs> oh it, it it appears to be i'm yeah. just saying <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute but anyway the fucking uh this event was awesome man like i was i was pretty pumped uh i bought a new book i'm gonna try to fucking uh maybe lure scott into playing a different game so i don't know if people know anything about kings of war the kings of war's fucking system is awesome like i i always played just straight warhammer fantasy when they killed that off and went to age of sigmar i tried age of sigmar and fucking hated it so everybody was like, well, you can just use your models for Kings of War. Just buy the Kings of War book, see if you like it. So I bought the Kings of War book and immediately fell in love with the rules. Like, I liked the rules for Kings of War better than I even liked any previous editions of Fantasy. And I was a Fantasy fan. So even, like, I think it was 6th or 7th was my... F the edition of Fantasy before it went to random charge distances, the one right before that, was my favorite. So... um. Of the of the editions of normal fantasy I played, I would still prefer the current Kings of War system even over my favorite fantasy system when I did like it. That's just me. That's my personal opinion. That said, the Kings of War guys have released a book called Kings of War Historicals. So it's the Kings of War rule system, but they've made army lists for every historical army you can think of. 
So like Alexander the Great Macedonians, fucking Genghis Khan and Mongols, ancient Greeks, uh, Scythians, uh, Romans. You, there's rules for fucking Julius Caesar in there. Uh, all kinds of shit. Barbarians, uh, Huns, uh, Chinese, samurai, all kinds of shit. So I bought that book. It was only, it's like thirty five dollars, and you get all you get the full rule set and every army list for thirty five bucks. And then for models, you just buy whatever models you want. So like if, if you could go find whatever whatever cool samurai models you want that you like those, you just buy those and then use that rule set to play with them. That's pretty well. What what uh what faction are you thinking about picking up? Oh, I don't know. I just the book was. I thought I was gonna have to pay thirty five bucks for it, which I still thought was pretty fucking cheap for the contents of the book. And I get up there and they're like, "Oh, it's forty percent off." So I was like, "Fuck yes!" Yeah. So I was like, I "Think it was like after tax it was like nineteen dollars or something like that." It wasn't hardly anything. So oh my goodness. Um, just reading through the rules and like seeing all the army list to me was kind of worth that. So later on, you know. If, uh, our buddy Chris Duncan, who plays every fucking game ever in the history of mankind that I do the uh, Dark Age podcast with, he already plays this game called Pike and Shot. That's like a historical game. Um, he'll be able, if he wanted to play with this, he could. We could do something in that era as well, and we could either play Pike and Shot or play historicals with it. Whatever. Okay, I've never even heard of Pike and Shot, but but anyway. Scott likes uh, samurai shit, so we were talking about we could just buy a bunch of samurai models and paint up pretty rad. I like I like ancient Japanese stuff too. It's pretty neat. Rad, dude. Rock and roll. At least you know you have an event so, that will support it. And yeah. Everybody have a good time. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's I just that's the other thing that I did was buy that book, um, and then on the way back to scott's house he was asking me all kinds of battletech questions and i we talked about battletech all the way back to his place that was pretty <laughs> much it made i made it back home about three or four in the morning and then slept into about noon today and then went and seen deadpool 2 that's fantastic so guys if you didn't know derek's just rolled up hey everybody i'm here <laughs> so derek derek's back and uh Woo. <laughs> <laughs> so we're working on hobby progress is where we were discussing just now. And All right. So. so my turn? Uh, yeah, sure. What All right. Got? So uh, all of my Night Lords are put together. Uh, I've got all my Assault Marines painted up. Just need to do my uh, deckel work on them. Got my uh, got my Apothecaries put together. I was working out some like custom schemes for them, but I just said, nah, fuck it. I need these on the table like now. These guys will make a pretty big difference for me, so I just kind of did what I was planning on and just painted them up like the rest of my uh, the rest of my squads. Just gave them some special shoulder pads, stuff like that. Uh, so all I've got left before that army is done is I've got a nine-man squad of veterans. I've got two more anvilists to paint and my lightning, and then uh, the big Conrad Kurz himself. I'm pretty stoked to try my hand at a Primark. And then, but yeah, that's all I've got. And then Night Lords are just done. Hell yeah, dude. What, how many points did I put you at? 2,500? Uh, 2,500 plus a Dreadnought that I got for shits and gigs. Oh, very cool. 
So you just great, came back Eric. from the pictures I've seen of it. It looks good. Thank it you. Does. So yeah, you just came back from Zach's event. How was it? Uh, I didn't actually make it to the event. Uh, oh, yeah. Some, <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> some uh, some shit happened that uh, I'll talk about after the uh, after all the claims and everything are settled. And oh wow! You know, great. Yeah. It's, uh, some some shit went down. Rock and roll. So uh, <laughs> I hear they had a good time. Though. All are right. You, are your space wolves okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sure they're okay wherever they're at. <laughs> oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my space wolves are all right. Uh, once I'm done with Night Lords, like I said, I've got a bunch of, uh, I think I've got like four rhinos, that Land Raider, and that Spartan to throw together and see what I can do, make them more uh, mechanized. Badass. Very cool, dude. Just because it's not always a good idea to bring drop pods to the party, especially if your partner doesn't have drop pods. It's like the one time. Yeah. But I get it. I like the option, you know? For sure. And then after that, fuck, man, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so on my hobby progress, uh, I got my 10 Tataras to their final yellow color. Um, I mean, they, they look as yellow as everything else I have. I need to get them based up. I drilled out all their bases, got magnets put in them, and got them primed. That's kind of where I just halted this week. Uh I did end up, because I have everything magnetized now, all my bases have moved to magnetics. And, like, that's both the Warhammer-wise, and then, of course, y'all know I picked up dust. So, like, everything I have, I've just been, like, slapping magnets on the bottom of. And then now, like we talked about last week, now that I know what N52 means, oh, <laughs> that changed my life a lot. Um, uh, but one of the big things that I had going on this week was... Uh, it's more related to dust. I, I needed a way to get a bunch of stuff transported in between my house and uh, and Crossroads to go play. And I didn't want to just load up my Magna Rack because it's like all the little levels are like really small, like getting your hand in there. I have big hands. And then you just like load a bunch of infantry and then it's hard to like decipher squads and all that stuff. Um, and so I was like, man, I was like, I want to have a way to transport a bunch of my dust stuff without like taking up my magna rack because my magna racks for my heresy stuff and so i ran to home depot and i picked up a under the bed tub for like eight bucks it's like a big plastic tub that you slide on your bed for storage and then i got um two 22 gauge steel sheets uh one by one sheets and i took it home drilled what six holes in it and bolted the sheets to the bottom of that tub and then all the dust stuff i had magnetized i just stuck it to those sheets so i could transport a lot of stuff which yeah and then know, you can put the lid on it which makes it like if you had to carry it in the rain or exactly it would protect it if something fell on it or whatever so it's like a storage actual case but it's just one big long flat thing that you can put a ton of shit in yeah, so what's cool about it is, like, yeah, I'm using it for dust stuff, but all my stuff's magnetized already. So if, like, I decide to magnetize all my Blood Angel stuff, which is sitting in my case now, sitting in its foam, then I can just, you know, store all that, put it under the bed and all this jazz. I don't have to keep stacks of foam everywhere. I just stack an entire, you know, uh, tub wherever it needs to go, stick it under the bed, and there's a full army in there. So 
Uh, it was super easy to do. All together, all in was like twenty bucks. The both cheats were like five sixty eight or something like that, and so like everything in was like twenty dollars. And so when you factor in like this is like a two foot by like eighteen inch tub, like I can fit a ton of infantry in there, like more than I probably own. Ton of dreadnought stuff like that. Vehicles, you know, you're just gonna have to magnetize up, but. I mean, just doing that. I saw um, I saw Doctor Faust on eBay, or I'm sorry, on YouTube had done something similar where he had taken like a tub and then he just like took some some shears and sheared up a uh, a baking pan. Oh no, that's what it was. It was one of those cupcake holders. It was a like a, a cake holder that had a lid on, and he just bought that and then just straight up was carrying his army around in that. It was a cupcake holder. It was all magnetized and it was fucking dope. Uh, so I got that idea and I was like, man, I just need a way to store a bunch of stuff because it is getting out of hand in this house. And so nice. That's incredibly clever. Yeah. So if you're out there listening fun, and you got a bunch of stuff. Little, yeah. Fun little tip. You just mentioned that if you want to save some money when you're magnetizing weapon options, that's something I'll do is take a paint tray and get a pair of tin snips and snip off little squares and like glue it. Like if, if say it's a plastic model, I need to glue something flush for like a side sponsor socket or something. You can do that and then just glue a magnet in the actual weapon itself and it'll stick to that stuff. So. Wow. Had no idea about that. There you go. Magnets yeah. are so much fun. Uh, how, another, do, how do they work? <laughs> how the fuck do they work? <laughs> anyway, uh, AK Interactive modulation, like, okay, here's the thing. I've never used AK Interactive paints until this week. Uh, Never had any reason to because all of their line is more geared towards military modelers. Holy shit. If they decide to move into the paint game for, like, our colors, like reds and stuff like that, there's no way I'll be going back to Vallejo Air. Their airline, like, the Vallejo, or I'm sorry, the, the AK Interactive modulation series they have for military kits is insane and they have a gamers version of it which they gear more towards like you know uh what's it called uh flames of war and stuff like that and it's all pre-mixed for your airbrush and i'm not talking vallejo air pre-mixed i'm talking like true what like caleb teaches you to mix all the way down to where it's like the um like the skim milk kind of feel to it like the the true like thin oh my goodness dude this stuff sprays nicely it cleans out well it's got so much pigment in it dude ak interactive keep an eye on that stuff because as soon as they start releasing normal colors in their spray line it, it's done i'm completely switching there's no way i'll go back to any color i painted up a whole bunch of like russian tanks this past week with that stuff with the with the 4bo modulation kit and it is insane how nice that stuff looks and the color goes on so well and they make it so easy if they start making like red modulation kits or like yellow modulation kits, oh my goodness, the market will be cornered. So. <laughs> been doing a lot of airbrushing with that. Uh, so yeah, that's what I've been up to this week. Nice. Yeah, that's it. But just kind of real quick, about Scott, it. you because you went last year to the Music City thing. Was it different this year? Bigger, better? What bigger, did you think? Bigger, better, man, and I mean. I know there's talk of trying to expand to other other things and make this even bigger for next year. So, I mean, it's only growing. It's only improving. 
mean, the prize support, Samson printed decals, little little campaign transfers, decals, transfers, decals, transfers, fucking tomato, potato, <laughs> decals, you know I mean? decals, fucking. So he printed those with a little little campaign badge on them. We all got dog tags. Each each uh, player got their own folder with like the mission pack and everything in it. And you got a little like Velcro patch. So it's only growing. And I mean, Joe and David, they're guys who have a lot of passion and they they have standards for themselves. Like they're yep. going to hold this event to a high standard. And I know they put a lot of effort and time into pursuing the best possible quality they can put out there. So yep. um, if I was a bet man, I would bet. I mean, as badass as it was this year, and it was one of the most fun events I've been to, it'll be better next year. So fucking keep an eye out. And it's all pretty goddamn quick this year. So I would imagine next year, if you're not Johnny on the spot, you might fucking find yourself standing out in the cold watching everybody have a good time through a fucking shitty window. So Yeah, and we didn't. We didn't say it earlier, but uh, Bradley Given won best. He was trader, right? He won best trader, yep. and then Kyle, your buddy yep. Kyle, won uh, best loyalist. They're both Kentucky Bradley, fellas. I'll make Bradley Doozle. Given, man, that's yep. the one who did the uh, custom fire wasp. He's been showing off, right? I think so. He's in our patron chat. Yeah, yeah, he did the custom fire wasp that was made from the BattleTech model. Yes. Yep. yep. Yeah. He also did sweet. the rules for our. Uh, Kentucky campaign day, which we have another one of those coming up into June, June beginning of July. So, yeah. Hey, uh, also, I don't know if we've shouted it out, but Jake Bussey is holding an event in Tennessee. That's like a, the kind of like the sister event to the one we just went to. So definitely look for that. It's heresy after dark. It's at a, uh, some type of big ATC 40 K event. And then after the 40 K guys go do whatever 40 K guys do after the day ends, the heresy guys take over the tables and they get to play on them from like seven until midnight or seven till one or something like that. <laughs> there's there's a lot of beat jokes. It could have been inserted there just now, but I fucking I passed on all of them. Let it be dope. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Go celebrate gender neutrality or fucking who knows. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool, man. Out. We actually have um, the uh, the Houston GT coming up here pretty soon, and that's going to be the uh, Pathway to Terra. And did you get signed up for that? Uh, not yet. Uh, by the end of this week, I'll be able to find out if I can make it or not. Very cool. Yeah, we're uh, we're trying to go in large to the Pathway to Terra event. Yeah, just get all of our like Escalation League to rate it. Yeah, pretty much. Like all of our Escalation League will be done by the time this is done. And I think this is July 7th and 8th, and we'll be rolling over to Houston. I think some of the Lone Star Legion guys are coming. Uh, I think they're kind of worried because last year the show out wasn't great, and it wasn't enough to, like, actually hold the event, and they didn't give refunds. And so, like, there's some people salty about it. But this year uh, there's a different dude running it. And I think at this point, man, just from our guys alone, I think it's, like, 11 or 12 people. So... We're pushing close to like selling it out. I'm kind of curious to see how it's going to turn out. Yeah, nice. That's good, man. I'm so glad Scott found all these other Kentucky guys, man. It's a, they're a real good group of dudes. And they they came to my event. They showed up there. They're all super fucking fun to play with. All got cool armies. It's fucking awesome, man. Yeah, man. And uh, 
some of them are missing, but I know they'll be at the Kentucky Campaign Day, I think, in northern Kentucky and Elizabethtown in a, in a month or two, but like Keith and those guys. They uh, they all got good-looking armies. they you know, fun to be around. If I'm free that day, I'll come down, man. That's fun. It's not far. It's a... Uh, it's like half an hour south of Louisville. So. Yeah, we drove through it. It wasn't that bad. The drive to your place isn't terrible. Plus, I can eat that fucking delicious chicken again. That's right, dude. Joella's <laughs> does not fucking... <laughs> not not the fucking around type of chicken joint. Yeah, so... <laughs> Very cool. So... So we got all our hobby progress out of the way. Before we go into voicemails and emails and stuff like that, do we want to talk about uh, the powerful engine D- GT that Craig Dan, the 30k heresy side of it? <laughs> all right, so we're just gonna like make a statement and then move on. Let's not fucking dwell on the dark side of what happened, but we do need to address it because it's important to address it so that people know what we're talking about, but then highlight the good part of it so that they don't get fucking, they don't go down with the ship because that's not the right thing to happen. And this isn't anything we're making up. This really like we have whatever opinion. It doesn't really matter. You can go on Facebook, look at reviews, read blog posts. It's been fucking everywhere this weekend. So this isn't anything new you're hearing, but the London GT um, for 40 K was a complete and total epic shit show from top to bottom from what I can tell. And the most embarrassing thing about it is the pictures of the tables. They're, they are so bad. I mean, they are bad. <laughs> they, they make you want to throw your models in the trash and not associate with Warhammer at all. That's how fucking bad they are. They're horrendously bad. Um, so... Everybody, that's what everybody's talking about. And everybody's talking about how shitty the event was and on and on and on and on. The problem with that is nobody's mentioning on the 30K side of things, Greg Dan ran that. And on that side of it, he brought legit terrain and had legit missions and everything, as far as I know, on that end went smooth. And I've heard nothing but good things about what he did. So I don't want... We, do, we basically want to make sure that people... We don't want people associating him with the negativity side of the things that went on. Because that's not fair to him. Because he actually did put the effort in and went the extra mile to make sure that he had his shit together and did it the right way. Unlike whoever ran the other thing. Yeah. Dude, we're going to get so think- many emails about the fucking... like. Uh, oh well, that's, you know he had like the guy was out of out of country and they only had so many days. Uh, to get, oh, whatever we know. The, we the, know. My favorite comment. My favorite comment that I think sums it up the best is, I'm pretty sure after that they have the right the 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 right to use the word grand before their event should 100 percent be revoked. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, I mean, it's going to be a huge eye-opener, and here's the thing. When you look at 30K events, and you look at heresy events, obviously, a lot of work goes into them, you know? And everybody from the, usually the lowliest person to the top is putting in some sort of effort to the events. Now, right now, from a part of the wargaming community, I've seen very low effort put into it. 
Um, it's, you know, when you have these people that are going to these events strictly to win and kick face in and try and collect their prizes and all that stuff, you start getting low effort put into the, uh, put in the event as a whole, you get low effort events. And unfortunately in this case, it looks like that's what happened. Um, I mean, this is almost the whack mentality down to the very core of the event. Like, you know, it's, it's down. Yeah. You, you plant seeds gonna bear some fruit sooner or later you know i mean that's how it works i mean you get i mean i'm, I'm not trying to like i mean it's we're gonna compare it i mean we're gonna compare apples to oranges here but you look at 30k heresy events you look at the amount of work that goes into them you look at the amount of citizen soldiers out there that are bringing terrain to the event you look at the amount of work that goes into them you know months uh, sometimes even years go into planning events and things like that i mean look at heresy camp we've been planning it for about a year now and we've been working on terrain, been working on getting this all taken care of for the past year. And I mean, it's just, we, we wouldn't run into this problem, you know, it's, but our mentality isn't, we're trying to make boards for people to beat the shit out of each other on. We're trying to like make boards to have people like have fun and make like scenarios and things like that. Like, I just, I could not imagine tossing out a hill and two walls under somebody's table and tell them you're good to go have fun like it doesn't even cross especially into my when mind. they're fucking cake cake dummy foam that's just been sawed in two and glued together at a 90 degree angle and stuck in the middle of the board and unpainted right and and that that's the thing is like when you look at the event organizer and the event organizer thinks that this will do it makes you really think that are you even playing miniature wargaming at that point like is that even like is that I'll answer like, that for you. No. Like it's it's like the I think we've made this analogy to me it's like it would be like if somebody got really good at some skill that goes into basketball just like all they could do was shoot free throws and they could go to the all-star fucking NBA competition and shoot better free throws than Steph Curry and then called themselves the greatest basketball player on earth. To me that's what tournament 40k is. They've just picked one aspect of it, and they've just devoted so much time, attention, and focus on that, and neglected everything else that goes into it, that they've created something that they still want to call Miniatures Wargaming that's not Miniatures Wargaming. I don't know what it is, but it's certainly not Miniatures Wargaming, and it has nothing... I'm embarrassed when they say that, because they it pulls puts me in that category that I'm doing whatever they're doing, and I'm not doing whatever they're doing. Yeah, I don't. That's all I don't, I'm gonna say. About it. I I don't even know what it qualifies as, as far as like game wise. It's almost at this point, it's become a board game. Like it's not there. Like there's actually any tactics involved or anything like that. You pick an army. Let's, I, let's not even go there. I don't even want to talk about that because that's that is what it is. Don't. Let's, yeah, it's, let's not even drag that into it. But <laughs> when you talk miniature wargaming, when you go back to 1913, when Orson or was it Orson Welles wrote that book? H.G. Wells wrote the book Little Wars talking about miniatures wargaming and it basically laid out what miniatures wargaming is about how you build these models and paint them and simulate and it's a recreation and blah, 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 blah. They're not doing any of that. They're just not. Like, I don't know what they're doing, but they're not doing that. So, well, here's the thing. More power to them, I guess. The, the tournament players are. I, I heard that the 40K narrative track had beautiful terrain. Had nicely painted models, and I heard that the 30k horse heresy track narrative track 
beautiful terrain, nicely painted models. I mean, what, like, I mean, obviously you can tell just by that what the healthier part of the community is, you know, where the, where the truer time and effort goes into playing the game. And I mean, what it's like, why are we even at this point promoting? I mean, I, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. It sucks that that had to happen. It sucks that Greg Dan put so much work into it. His narrative track looked beautiful. His horse heresy track looked great. I saw pictures coming from there. It looked, I mean, it, I mean, you, you could take the terrain for music city heresy. It was, I mean, and compare it to Greg Dan's and they're hand in hand, beautiful terrain. I would not, I would love to play on any of those tables. I would love to have my army that I put effort in put on those tables and would love to play on them. But what sucks is now you have all these people who will not be going to anything with the London GT in the name. I mean, that's just standard. Like, nobody's going to go to these events now. And, you know, unfortunately, you know, Greg Dan's under that. The the whole narrative track is under that umbrella. You know, it's like I, I, now I have yeah. to host an event that will be under undershowed because people are going to associate it with this, you know, like, like Firefest, you know. I mean, it's just how it was. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I know that me and you were talking earlier, and this is just throwing ideas out there. Like, at this point, like, why lie to yourselves and pretend that it is something that it, that it isn't? Why doesn't GW make, like, a quote-unquote tournament line of models or something like that, and they just produce a lower-quality, like, pre-painted one-piece fucking miniature that's pre-painted that looks like mage knight used to where it's not i mean clicks. the mage knight models were pre-painted whatever they weren't horrible they were like it is what it is why don't they just make a bunch of shit like that and you buy it like that and you're they're already on bases you throw them on the table and you're ready to go and that's what people use for that tournament shit that they do I mean, that's all they're doing anyway like that would look way better than whatever the fuck they're currently doing does I mean, yeah. And it would be cheaper, and Games Workshop could sell a shitload of it, and then I don't have to be... Then I can just say, well, they do that, and I do this, and it's there's no fucking confusion and blurred lines. like. And then Games Workshop just puts those into randomized booster packs and then just <laughs> well, <laughs> makes a fuckload of money. I just, it just kills me. Like I, I can't wrap my brain around why you buy you know, a $100 fucking plastic multi-part box set to glue it together where your model's look like they were just dropped in a plastic bag with some glue and shaken up and then whatever comes out comes out and you like fucking spray it with some spray paint and dry brush it and paint the gun black and you think that that's legit and that's what you use and everybody does it and they like they actually they, this is miniatures wargaming like what anyway we talked about this way longer than we fucking should have but so yeah, Greg Dan, good job, man. Uh, I know you're probably. I saw your Facebook post today. You seem really bummed that so much shit got talking talked about the London GT. Uh, sorry that you got involved in that. Yeah, I think your stuff looked great. Uh, hopefully, some pictures start coming out. You start making them public on your uh, on your Facebook page. That way, we can we can all look at those beautiful pictures of your your event. Yeah, and I think it looked fantastic. Hell yeah, send them and, our way. Yeah, and if, you, if he runs any events in the future and he wants... I mean, we'll fucking promote him on here. Like, put the pictures up. Like, we'll do... We'll do the best we can to make sure that people get the word that, you know, we trust in you to not fuck it up. You put you the know effort what I mean? In. Like... You put the time you put in the to make these in. events happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So... 
Anyway, uh, another controversial thing, uh, the Forge World removing Mark II armor. Like, anybody plays any army out there with Mark II armor? I like Mark II armor. Everybody but Derek. Yeah. I mean, I don't use a whole lot of it. But... Thank mean, you, Derek. Looked at the it's entire, dead because of you. I've looked at the entire <laughs> list of discontinued stuff, and I had to really, really think hard. Did I buy any of this? And I'm, I, I think I've bought the one of the sets of cataphracty arms that they're discontinuing one time since Heresy's been out. And are they getting rid of Mark II assault marines? I don't know. I don't think so. Probably. If they're they getting rid are. of Mark II assault, if they're getting rid of Mark II assault marines. I do own a Mark II assault marine squad for my salamanders, but just one squad. And I don't think did, you, did anybody else put together the connection between almost everything that they're discontinuing. Maybe everything they are isn't compatible with the plastic kits. Yeah, that's one hundred percent. When is. the plastic when the plastic kits came out, like your your uh, the bolters have the hands already on them where the resin kits used to come where the hand was on the wrist. So if you own Kalf and you build your Marine, he, uh, he, he doesn't have a hand it's on the weapon. So if you bought the weapons packs from forge world that were designed for the resin models, you were just missing a hand. So you literally had to go find a hand somewhere and cut it off. Cut something. the hand off the bolter. You had to cut the hand off the bolter, or you had to make another hand in there that went in, especially right. for the heavy but the weapon kits. Thing with the, the arms, the arm kits for the Terminators that they're discontinuing aren't, if I'm correct, don't aren't compatible with the plastic kits for some reason, right? Yeah, they're different. They're like they're so, it seems like a lot of the shit that they're getting rid of is because it's for one, it's redundant. You get them in the plastic kit and the resin kit. And two, they're not compatible. So I don't know if maybe they're going to redesign them in the future. I don't know if maybe they'll put some of these options on a plastic sprue. I don't know. All Forge World is saying is we needed to make room whatever. Um, as far as I can tell, I've talked to the people I know that you know work there or are associated with them. I'm like, is, is there anything? like? Are they saying this, but they mean something else? And as far as they know, they've repeated the same thing they're like no this is really the truth we're out of warehouse space we have these kits they don't sell and we want to produce new stuff and we just went down and got rid of stuff now the only bummer and i get what people are bitching about like even these things that like mark to assault marines or whatever do you i mean I, I have a hard time believing that like chaos those fucking chaos fantasy dwarves that they've sold more of those than Mark II Assault Marines. You know, I mean, there's some shit in other game lines. <laughs> Fuck. Like Lord of Rings and shit like that. Like, Hashtag goat sled. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to bring that. That Jeremy Ryan's like dude is a nice dude, and his, his sled is painted so fucking legit. But let's be real here. Like, he's maybe one of 20 people in the world that have bought that fucking goat sled. Ryan's like that white lady that called the... Called the police on those black people having fun. <laughs> like, he's like, <laughs> like, it's like, hey, you're getting rid of our stuff. Did you see the ghost? How many ghost sleds have you sold? Four yeah. like, uh, hey, you're right. Hold on. How many go? Hold on. It's like, yeah. Let's look at this. Well, Everybody that plays Lord of the Rings is like, oh, oh, shit. I, I, Shut I, up, Ryan. I'm just being real, like, if you, if you look in the 40K line, like, how many of those fucking weird orc vehicles that they don't even have rules for anymore are they selling? 
Uh, none. I don't. There's a lot. You of know things, what I like, mean? Yeah. So, I'm I'm kind of confused on why it's all directly heresy stuff. Like, did somebody make the call that? Well, if you're wanting to expand the heresy line, you have too many SKUs, so you actually have to cut down on the heresy, whatever. But I feel like you would get rid of some of these other stuff from other games before you would start cutting into heresy. I mean, there's there's just no way that those fucking chaos dwarves are selling more models than anything. Thirty. I just I cannot fathom that. Yeah, all the heavy weapon kits I get because they're hideous. Like I like we actually talked about this like a few episodes back that they're just awful. The heavy bolter, like overslung heavy bolter, the plasma can, like all those over sh- over shoulder ones. For one, you have to buy special arms for, and for two, they don't. They're just well, they're not compatible with the plastic kits. Yeah, at all yeah. the new plastic kits, which is what almost everybody uses for Marines. And like you said, that why have two types of las cannons? Why not just do the one? And then, like you said, you have to produce a whole nother resin kit with bodies with the special arms that only use those weapons. Whereas if you use the other ones, you just buy the standard Marine with the the bolter holding arms, and it works for all of them. So I, I get it. I mean, I, I'm not, not going to lie. I actually like the over-the-shoulder on certain ones. Like, when I do my Death Guard last cannon guys, I want the shoulder-mounted ones. I think it, that looks cool. But, I mean, I don't. I like the underslung ones, too. The heavy bolter is fucking ugly as shit. The it's awful. Over-the-shoulder It's one. awful. I don't. I don't yeah, over shoulder. I like the missile launcher and the last cannon over the shoulder. The rest of them, I think, I like the underslung version better. So on these guns, I'm looking at them, and they all do have the hand molded onto the gun itself, so they are compatible with the uh, plastic marines. Which one are they getting rid of? They're getting rid of the one like the Phobos bolters, Tigris bolters, and they all do have the hands on the bolters like they do in the... Well, but they're getting rid of bolters. Those are already in the plastic yeah. sets, and the, the plastic sets come with the different marks of bolters. Like, you... Yeah. The but Tigris bolter the, like, is... Graviton guns. Yeah, because what are you putting Graviton's guns on? Sport Squad. Sport Squad? Who? who yeah. Have, who? Only <laughs> Iron Hands can do that. One Legion can do that out of all the Legions. Oh, Okay. Yeah, we'll shotguns. Get getting rid of shotguns. Yeah, that's gonna hurt. Uh, black shields hurt all your black shields players out there because those are some nice shotguns. But I don't know. The only ones I was really sad about was the auto cannons going the uh, Legion auto cannon set because that was so thirty k in my head. But I've never filled a unit with that, and <laughs> I've never had any plans to. So you know, what can you do? And like I said, I don't know that they aren't. I mean, the other thing is that with all this, there's coming. I never thought in a million years they would make another plastic uh, little marine kit. I figured that Games Workshop would only ever make primaries from here on out. But I'm hear- hearing rumors now that they're going to do a third plastic box set, and oh some of this stuff goodness. may be replaced with that. That'd be cool. Oh my god! Oh my I'm god! Right? Like, Why are you dropping hey, that? No, no, just no, no, like... no! Like that's not coming from. This is just some shit I heard, and it's not from a legit source. Like, don't put that on me. Like they said that. <laughs> heard like, here first, folks. Right? <laughs> I don't even know that's going to be a fucking clickbait like, title right there. <laughs> yeah, but it did come up. <laughs> Rise! I'll cut the tape. <laughs> and, cut the, and cut I, the tape. I have a hard. I have a hard time believing it because, like I said, uh, and and many people, I've said it like. I told it I've I've said it several times that I you know I would be a hundred I would be totally shocked if they ever produced another 
Space Marine kit that wasn't a Primaris kit going forward. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, when's the last non-Primaris special edition model you've seen released at Games Workshop stores? Baby well, ever since, Primaris, ever since 8th edition happened and the starter box came out, they've never made, they've not made another, they've not made anything that's not just Primaris shit mainstream, in plastic, mainstream stuff. Yeah. Poor, poor baby Space Marines. Normie Space Marines. <laughs> Fucking normies. So, but yeah, it's not going anywhere, boys. I don't know. Well, I mean, all these people, people man. Shit, but it's people. like they they got rid of this stuff, but then they just released like at this last weekender. They just showed off like Alpha Legion specific fucking Praetors. Like, why would you make yeah. that if you're getting rid of the game? And that that came out at the at the Warhammer Fest, and it wasn't at the weekender at the beginning of the year. So it's fairly recent that they've done that. Yeah, I think what they could have done is if they are trying to make space for more in the heresy line, I think it'd be cool if they like teased a little bit of it. Not so much like with pictures, because I know they've got to like make sure they got the space before they go through and actually. But at least like kind of let us know. Okay, well, new stuff is coming. Uh, be on the lookout for stuff like this. I don't know. Even well, if they're you look having at it, that, everything they're having that's that all, talk oh, thing. Okay. Tell them about that, Michael. The the thing that uh, John West pointed out. Uh, so July 7th, they're going to have, is it July 7th or June 7th? I think it's July 7th. Yeah. Or is it June July. 7th? July 7th, they're having Andy Hoare come on to Warmer TV. He's going to do a live bat rep, and they're going to do a uh, status of Horse Heresy talk because, you know, they tank About their shares, I'm sure. Horse Heresy. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I was saying like, I mean, all the, like, here's the thing. You look at all the guns that are being discontinued and you look at all the things that are, <laughs> that are being last chance. They're redundant. Like this is like 100% like almost corporate level, like just redundancy removal. Like I, it's almost like somebody was like, Hey, you got too much. Like, why do I have two auto cannons on here? What's the difference between them? It's like, Oh, they're different looks. Okay. We need to cut one of them. Why do I have five bolters? Well, it's because we offer different patterns of bolters. Cut one of them. Like, you get one. Like, if you were looking at it from, like, a corporate level, like, that's almost like what happened. Like, you got Rise of Pattern last cannons, and you have this last cannon. One of them's got to go. I don't care which one goes. Like, they, it's not like they're getting rid of, like, all the heavy weapons for you to use or just getting all rid of all the redundancies out there. And I don't know, like, like I said, like if my boss came up to me and told me like, you need to trim off like half of everything. And she gave me a list of like all the redundancies in there. And I had to explain to her what the difference between a rise of pattern last cannon is and a Phobos pattern last cannon. She doesn't give a shit. She's trying to like get us some warehouse space. I don't care which one goes, pick one, pick which one you like better. We're getting rid of it. Like, you know, which like, I mean, it, well, and then you look at, you look at the ones, like you said, like uh, the amount of people, the amount of calf boxes alone that have sold. I know for a fact that was one of the best selling plastic boxes that Games Workshop has ever put out. And you look at that and how many of those sold and how many people use those as their base models. Like they're going to just buy the underslung fucking last cannon kit. They're not going to go buy more resin fucking bodies with the special arms to buy shoulder mounted weapons for them. Why would you do that if you're new to the game? Yep. It, it does make sense. I mean, I, I'm not afraid. Like, I'm not worried. We've got major events planned. Like, it's like, I'm not worried. Like, I know. Like, I've got my stuff right now. None of it's going to affect anything I plan on buying in the future. 
I'd have to adjust maybe a little bit. Like it's, I'm not worried. I don't, I don't, I, I, I'm just real tired of all the people posting up. Like, did you see they got rid of this? Oh yeah. It's done for now. Right. It's like, why? What is it? Like, I feel like there's my thing is people are like, did you see they got rid of this? And I'm like, have you ever seen that on the tabletop? Like more than like once, like I've been to however many, I can't tell you how many events I've been to. And it's like, and I try to think, I'm like, how many of this did I, have I ever seen? You know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> how many, like, I, I could see this, like, get rid of the Rise of the Pattern Autocannon or the Phobos Pattern Autocannon. And it's how like, many times have you been shot at by a Reaper Autocannon on a Cataphracty squad? Never in my life. <laughs> never. I think they, like, they, they took those redundancies and, like, which one of these, like, poorly selling models is making <laughs> less money? <laughs> this, we've sold one of these in the past six years. Like, we gotta, it's gotta go. <laughs> Hey, hey! Side note: Big shout out to Nick Bradley. I've been shot out by his uh, Reaper Auto Cannon, and I have killed that squad more times than I could count on my fingers and toes. So, good <laughs> <laughs> job, bud. We swapped that bad boy out. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anyway, so that's that. It's not going anywhere, boys. Stop spreading the fear. Stop spreading the fear. Start spreading the love. What else we got? We got news on like the, the Citadel. They pushed back the opening of that. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that a little bit. Me and, you're going to the Citadel opening, right? Uh, I might. I was going to be in Dallas that weekend anyway. So I was going to like just see if I about breaking away. and For what? Uh, there's an anime convention up there that my girlfriend <laughs> wanted to go to. <laughs> Derek's gonna come. Fucking. Derek's gonna walk into the Citadel opening with like the ears. Like, like. Uh, uh, now I'm Derek, imagining what? Derek in a fucking. Have you guys seen Deadpool two yet? Has anybody? No, not yet. No, not yet. There's a character in there that I'm imagining Derek looking like and having Deadpool wave to him repeatedly. You guys will know what I'm talking about if you see the show. That's not a spoiler. Nobody's gonna know what the fuck I'm talking about unless you've seen it. T- Derek, what the fuck's a senpai? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't uh, worry about that. What, what do they so, got for sale? Okay, if we understand that, you got to understand this important part about Japanese culture, and I got to go through all this. Blah blah blah. blah. <laughs> it's so it's just easier for me not to explain. Just ignore my shirt. <laughs> I love how even even as he mentioned where he was gonna be, he oh knew God. he was shaved already, and he like, <laughs> like whispered it into the mic. He just tried to blow past. He's like, "Oh, it's Amic." <laughs> And my girlfriend totally wants to go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, just some, something I'm being dragged to. I totally didn't, like, get the days off already before she knew about it and reserve my ticket and all that shit. It's okay. Well, if they I have, have a... Uh, pass so you can meet the <laughs> If they have a girl und panzer, like, booth, you let me know, and I'll go check it out. That's a cool anime I started, like, really getting into it, on Hulu. If I... Okay, if, if they have one there and I remember that... I remember what it's called. Then okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll hook you up. Thank you, bless you, sir. Anyway, so the convention actually got moved. Uh, so it got the, changed. The opening it, got pushed back. Opening got pushed back because having a convention like two or three days after the store is actually built is a bad idea. And well, it wasn't gonna be a convention. It was just gonna be like a grand opening. And then I guess 
a lot a lot of people were planning on like showing up and because i mean they're going to be having an event at one of the uh like one of the hotel like convention centers now yeah instead so they are not having the the, the date got pushed no did they get pushed the time the, the pushed. opening got pushed and like the, the date. convention stayed so instead they're going to be having an event at, i think like the the something tree yeah, they're going to have an event inside the Doubletree Hotel yeah. in Dallas. And unfortunately, no horse heresy will be going on at said event. Boo. Yeah, so no horse heresy. They're going to be selling Forge World there at the Citadel, but no horse heresy will be played. Uh, a couple of people reached out to them like, are you kidding me? Like, Texas is huge in the horse heresy right now. Like, why would you? And they're like, oh, we didn't know. Like what? How do you not know? How do you not know? Like what yeah. what fingers do you have on the pulse of the community? Like what is going on, dude? Like come on. Like this is like this is, we have uh, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, but they had no idea that Horse Heresy was big in Texas. They didn't know we have the Lone Star Legion guys, they didn't know we had the Golers guys, they didn't know we had the San Antonio guys. They didn't know that we had the TFL guys down here. They didn't know that El Paso has a big heresy scene. Like we got a bunch of heresy going on. And they just didn't know. Yeah, because that's like right in uh, uh, Lone Star Legion territory. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That's all right. If you want to play Heresy in Texas, just come to Heresy Camp. We'll just do yeah. it for them. We'll, Can't we'll count on them for shit. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I'll be going to the grand opening uh, or the event and just to take pictures and cover stuff, just to see what they have going on there. Are you going to uh, take MVAT prices off the Forge World sold in America? Uh, the, the, yeah, so powerful Lucas uh, asked that question to them directly, and they just completely ignored the question on the Facebook page. So There you go. I'm that's, sure an yeah, <laughs> that's, that's an answer. That's an answer. Yep. Are y'all going to be That's how they address nah? that. They, they just want to pretend that that's not a thing that is real and true. Are you going to overcharge the fuck out of me? No. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing a yes. I'm not hearing a no. <laughs> <laughs> China man won't. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, but yeah, that's what's going on there. Uh, so yeah, that got moved. We're gonna go check out Reaper Reapers building while we're there, though. Nice. So we got a couple of things that we're gonna be doing in Dallas. I might be busy. Yeah, he's looking at anime. <laughs> Going to the special <laughs> dark room. Yeah, just huge anime titties. <laughs> you, just, you just waiting in line with a bunch of fucking 12-year-olds like, get out of my way, kid. I bought the very important fan badge, okay? First dibs. I bought my VIF badge. <laughs> I've been watching this shit since before you were born. Hey, I don't even know how we got on it, but remember we were making fun of people while we're making fun of, like, people and while we're putting people on that, blast yeah remember we made fun of people owning non-standard pets like being adults that live alone with non-standard pets or whatever yeah the hermit crab yeah, the most yeah. stereotypical hermit Hedgehog. crab odor ever came out of the fucking closet <laughs> yeah wait what my buddy really? nick my buddy nick was like oh i liked owning a hermit crab i was like oh yeah of course it'd be you, you fuck. god of all people <laughs> I'm sure he likes the way the fucking human skin lampshades accentuate <laughs> into the parts too. Right. Oh my goodness! Of course. That's rude. <laughs> hey, dude. <laughs> he knew he did. 
Okay. So anyway, let's go to some emails, man. Some emails and some voicemails. We got to clear these out. Uh, this weekend coming up, May 26th, don't forget to hit up a great event, Betrayer Part 2, 2018. Uh, that's going to be in Pennsylvania at the Adventures Guild. Uh, powerful Shane, man, does not make sure. He makes sure these events do not go awry. Might that be Helicopter Shane? That is Helicopter Shane. And so uh, him and Evan are both going. But Shane's been making sure that these events. He ran Betrayer 1 or he was part of Betrayer 1. Uh, it looked like a huge event. They had a huge turnout. They sent a picture to us and Heresy's not dead. And it was like, yeah, that looks fucking great. Y'all's tables look great. Everything looks great. So that's this weekend, May 26th. If you haven't picked up a ticket already, go ahead and get one. Uh, that's going to be a uh, 2,500 point. I'm sorry, 2,000 point event. And uh, no Primarchs, no Lords of War or Scoria. So... Uh, get your get your stuff in now because you got to email your list to howcoughpa at gmail.com. That's H-A-W-C-O-F-P-A at gmail.com. Get your list in for Betrayer Part 2. So there you go, Shane. He said, what up, bitches? <laughs> Shout out my event. <laughs> no, bro. Of course, bro. Of course. Uh, so let's see what else we got. Man, I can't believe somebody with a hermit crab actually hit you guys up okay so the first email we got it's uh from anthony it says ass blasting question salutations radio free gentlemen uh pal for anthony name's anthony and i am a weak-willed son of a bitch i've been contemplating back and forth on which army to play in 30k i've been back and forth between salamanders and alpha legion uh i didn't want to buy a book till i knew what i wanted to play and so my girlfriend being the pyromania that she is picked salamanders uh, so yep. now I have a Good question. Uh, now, I know asking this question may come off as a pain or even a little stupid, but any chance you could kindly help me out with a beginner's thousand-point army? I don't own anything in this current moment, but I don't mind spending the money. Uh, I don't know what other information you need because I have yet to play 30K-wise. Any help would be appreciated. Love listening to you guys on those long car rides to and from work and school. Uh, thank you for the laughs and informative Harvey progress. Thanks for you guys. Bonus round industrial story. Nice. <laughs> I see you're up to speed on the etiquette. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, so about a year ago, I graduated at a welding tech school with a couple of other dudes. We were all excited to go out in the field and start working with all kinds of machines and work on big projects such as building a gas line pipes. Hey, that's what I do. Uh, before graduating, a couple of guys decided to fuck around in the shop not a good idea when we're running high amps and volts all the time they got some scrap metal from our scrap bin and started running some rods on them for clarification rods are used to fuse the base metal together so these guys decided to run these rods as hot as they can around 350 amps high the rods we're using we're using should only be used at about 125 amps at best so they crank this machine up as high as it can go to start ramming these rods through the scrap base metal they blow holes through the one-inch plate and just going to town and having fun. Our instructors didn't seem to notice all the cheers and commotion coming from the booths in the back. Around maybe five minutes in, I come to see what's going on and re- realize the situation. Upon per- turning my back to walk away, a guy rips out another rod and rams it to the base metal only to have it explode. <laughs> must have had some cracks on the flux or something. The molten rod and red-hot base metal must have exploded that some red hot cherries came flying at the poor guy his all leather jacket would have protected him if he didn't have penny size holes in them 
uh, if he didn't already have some penny-sized holes in them. All the red-hot cherries processed to fall right into those holes, catching in his hoodie on fire. He processed. He proceeded to cry in pain as the fire started to grow under his jacket. Quickly, someone ran to the booth to get an extinguisher as me and a few other gentlemen tried removing his leather jacket to put out the fire underneath. His screams of endless agonizing pain haunt me to this day. Wow. <laughs> That's raw. For some... For some much hot, red hot BB gun sized pellets were stuck into his shit that they kept on touching his belly over and over again while the fire kept blazing. He's still alive with scars of his stupidity and still works at a pipeline down in Florida. But man, oh man, did he never learn to play with fire? Did he learn? Did he learn to never play with fire again? Wow. That fucking sucks. That'll get you every time. (laughs) Let me just go ahead and play with a boom and just fucking. You're on fire now. Stop being stupid. <laughs> a lot of bad decisions start with let's cr- let's crank this baby up as high as it goes. Yeah, for real. Uh, so we got a couple more emails from him uh, to clarify his questions, which we'll go over later. Uh, we also got hey, I, just, from- I just sent you one that we got on Facebook. I don't know if we've went over it on the show or not. It's just a, a brief image. The actual that I sent it gave you a picture of his name so you could find it in Facebook Messenger. Or Facebook okay. on our whatever. I don't know if we've done that story or not. I will check it out in here in a second. Uh, Christian McVickers, powerful Christian, says, Everyone gets the shits. Howdy, gents. I felt with all the awesome stories and bitchin' list builds, I wanted to share with you another life experience I had while in the Air Force. Air crew as a rule will eat whenever they have a chance because you never know when your next good meal will not be an MRE. Toss in the local cuisine or whatever country you are in at the time and you're attempting fate and turning your guts into a pressure cooker with something sometimes less than favorable results. Uh, this particular mission involves supporting UN operations during Rwanda genocidal war, civil war in the early 90s. I was teamed up with an air crew that had my good friend Jared in it. The next six weeks would take us from the United States to Panama, Uganda, Rwanda, Kenya, the United Kingdom, Belgium, Zaire, France, Egypt, Australia, and a lot of back and forth to these places. Finally, Japan, and then my home. My only true around-the-trip world trip. Well, that's pretty crazy. That's uh, that's something that... A lot of places. That's something only genocide could get you. I mean, let's be real. Like, (laughs) there's got (laughs) to... If there was any upside to a civil war, it's that you get to travel. That's, that's fucking dark. Well, uh, that's you know, super... a couple million innocent deaths, but you get a sweet selfie with a camel. I mean, you got to take it with that. Even trade. Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, so after shuttling English Paris from the Royal Air Force, Bryson Norton, to Rwanda a couple times, we were ta- tasked with flying to Townsville, Australia, via Diego Garcia in the Indian Ocean. We kind of cut loose here. <laughs> I like how that started. <laughs> this is where we got a little weird. <laughs> Our hotel was situated in a plaza that must have had every three or four doors, must have had a bar every three or four doors. We hit them all as is customary and required by everything we represented. The next morning came too early. We found ourselves loading up a bunch of Australian soldiers who looked, who looked just like we felt in the midst of doing a preload inspection on one of their trucks. My good buddy, Jared started doing the shuffle. You know, the one you do when you suddenly feel the urge to 
run flat out to the nearest toilet, but have to stop every 10 steps to will your ass not to unleash its contents. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> oh, this man can tell a story. This that's, man that's can a, weave a story. That's a bad scene. <laughs> he had to will his ass not to unleash its contents. He was stripping as he was going, leaving a trail of assorted PPE and paperwork in his wake. Our aircraft has a pretty steep ladder, and he bounded upstairs in two strides without using its handrails. The rest of us had simply kept working, thinking nothing of it, and finished loading. A short time later, I went to the flight station to start going over my paperwork. As I get to the top of the ladder, I hear Jared call my name, and I look down the hallway to see his head poking out of the cruise shitter, with about, which is about the size of a handicapped porta potty. I walked back to him and noticed a slight sheen of sweat covering his face, and he seemed embarrassed as hell. He asked me to get his bag for a change of clothes. Every piece, socks, undershirt, drawers, flight suit as well, every rag I had in my toolbox, a spray bottle of disinfectant, and a garbage bag. Make sure it isn't clear. <laughs> I was trying to look past him into the shitter, but he did an awesome job of moving his head around so I could not. I got him his stuff and went back to my paperwork. This man is painting a picture with words. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a good friend, though. Like, I feel like if you just stuck your head out the window and told me, hey, man, go grab me a set of clothes and a black garbage bag. And you're sweaty. escalated, sir. (laughs) I'd be like, all right. You know exactly what happened. Let's not. (laughs) Don't look at it. it. Don't look in here. There's no reason. (laughs) It's worse than you imagine. (laughs) He comes out about 15 minutes later holding his bags at arm's length and won't make contact with myself or the others who had started coming upstairs to prepare for the departure. It look, it took us five beers of Diego Garcia to get him to tell us what happened. While he was leaping up the stairs, a little bit had pushed out, which had lubed all the way down for a hot torrent of local beer and grease, greasing fried bar food from the night before. And before his ass could touch the toilet, his backside had decided to go. <laughs> it decided it was go time. Uh, we have all been there. Unlike us, however, his flight suit, which is his one-piece coverall, had dropped over the seat instead of all around his ankles. Oh, no. <laughs> because he was <laughs> shitting before he sat down, he had made a poo-poo puddle and splattered said poo everywhere. Oh, oh no. <laughs> gosh. <laughs> oh. Imagine pouring some oatmeal on a table and then slapping it with your hand. This is how, <laughs> the, this is how we pictured it, too. Have a great one, Christian. <laughs> so, oh my god powerful christian man that's uh that that's a fucking story that's rough man that's, that's uh, a <laughs> okay oh. so the next story comes from powerful mick uh it says afternoon gents as promised a weird story the following incident never occurred on a training area in the UK. It never occurred in the late 90s during a training exercise, which never occurred during the springtime. I liked how this is starting. I was tasked to lead a small team to carry out a series of reconnaissance tasks at various grid refs. We kind of knew we would get ambushed by the training instructors at some point, so while it was all part of deployment training, we were still wired up. Uh, and very much alert. As expected, while we were walking around a track with fields on either side, my team was bumped by the enemy with thunder flash pyrotechnics, blank rounds of fire, and flash announcing the start of the ambush. My team immeasurably hit the deck, returned 
fire and threw smoke grenades. After sending a brief sit rep, I called out the orders to fire and maneuver by pairs back to the designated ERV. I don't know what the fuck any of that meant. Uh, this basically me- oh here we go. This basically means while two people maintain covering fire, the other two run approximately 20 feet back and then provide covering fire for the other two team members. After pepper potting back three times, I scrambled to get up to fall back again. Never easy when you're wearing full body armor, full rig, day sack, and I was carrying a section of support weapon fitted with a night sight. As I stood up and started to run, I stopped in my tracks by the sight of a cube of fire the size of a large postal stamp at arm's length, flying in a very rapid, continuous circling motion at 45 degrees. And judging from the terrain features underneath the object, the distance was about just under a mile. As you can imagine, just standing still looking up in the night sky, it's not what you're taught to do as far as anti-ambush tactics are concerned. And I immediately started to receive colorful advice from the training staff. Uh, my response was, would someone tell me what the fuck this is? I, while I pointed at this bizarre sight, I gradually, every, gradually everyone realized that something was definitely out of the ordinary. And we all gathered to watch the spectacle. Now, this thing was really shifting and was basically covering a distance of 500 yards with every rotation. And it was doing this in a second. It was at this point that a colleague and good friend of the training team called Index Index No Duff on the comms. What does that mean, Scott? That means end of exercise. So when you call it index, like especially if you're doing force-on-force training, you just stop everything you're doing and go like an admin mode. Okay. On the comms. This basically tells everyone involved. Oh, my bad. This basically tells everyone involved <laughs> that the exercise has been halted for a bloody good reason. Uh, at this point, the object stopped suddenly, no deceleration, and just hung there. Realizing I had a 4x magnification night sight on my weapon, I immediately brought the weapon into the aim and to get a good look at it. In hindsight, if this object had been a visitor from elsewhere, aiming a firearm at it might not have been the best and wisest thing to do. I'm sure you're aware that night vision goggles, etc., all produce images in a greenish hue. The object I saw, even to this day, gives me the goosebumps, just like remember what it looked like. It resembled a cube which seemed to have a frame, like a plain picture frame around it. All four sides were equal distance, but in the middle was what I can only describe as luminous writhing tentacles or L's in a barrel, or eels in a barrel. It just looked like plain wrong and didn't belong here. Sounds melodramatic, but as we all took turns to get eyes on the feeling, the feeling of uneasiness grew. After approximately a minute, this object then did the classic falling leaf impression, lost altitude, and disappeared behind woods some distance off in the training area. We all returned to the building complex, which served as a forward operation base where we were questioned and what to do was discussed by the training team and SNCOs. Unbelievably, it was decided to leave it. No report was filed. Not even a police report were informed. Not even the police were informed. To be honest, we were all getting ready to deploy, and it was... it and. As it was explained to us, it would be career suicide. Not the first time I've seen something weird, and it wasn't the last, but I've met and talked to people of all ranks, backgrounds, and a lot of them are far more important positions than me, and different countries about paranormal matters, and realize it's more than fucking swamp gas. I genuinely have no idea what it was. May have been earth lights, who knows. But I've done enough ops and been privy to... And been privy to some surprising facts to know it wasn't anything we officially fly and it wasn't any of the usual suspects that are the usual explanation 
I won't bore you with a list of things I've seen, but to this day I haven't a clue what it was. Hope I haven't bored you all to sleep. Got a few some got a few more weird stories that I could recall, but for now, keep up the good works. Stay safe and groovy. Later, taters. Holy shit, yeah, dude. Totally send us more stories, man. You are killing it right now in the story section. That's wild. Scott thought he heard it before. Uh, he broke into the future a little bit, and we actually had a conversation in the middle of that story that y'all didn't get to hear where Scott was dude, like. Um, yeah, either we've read that story out before or I'm losing my motherfucking mind, I'm telling you, which one of those is a lot more likely than the other, <laughs> to be fair. But <laughs> Well, even if we had read that story before, I'm sure our powerful Iron Hand Will will let us know. The the radio freest fan historian. That's what he does. Uh, but Jesus Christ, yeah, Will, like, tell me if I need to be worried if I start to slide <laughs> a little. You know? Well, I mean, I'm with Michael. I feel like you could have like checked our Facebook Messenger and read it on there and Fuck, read the I story. Hope so, man, God damn, dude, I'm telling you, he's on to us. Okay, he knows too much. <laughs> <laughs> Start talking in Russian. <laughs> Vasily. <laughs> like, whoa, whoa, what? He's a sleeper agent. Uh. So, it's yeah, it's wild, dude. I don't know. Uh, it kind of reminds me of when I saw my UFO over at the oil field, and I pulled out you my... trash bag? For, no, it was not a trash mm-hmm. bag. It was like a little like silver cigar hanging above a facility. I was like, what is that thing? Is that a helicopter? I thought it was a TCEQ helicopter. And oh, I, so this is different from the trash that took itself out? Oh no, that was that was also very scary, and but yeah, this was a legit like hanging above the facility. I just so happened to have a four X magnifier in my center console as well that I pulled out for looked, just such an occasion. <laughs> no, I just had it with me. Pulled it out, looked through the little scope there, and it closed. It just went whoop, and was gone. It was terrifying. It was like a, a like an eye blinking with three lights inside of it. I have no idea what it was, but it just disappeared. And I did not go back to the facility for the rest of my seven days on. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there's two others I can go to go to and look at. Miss so. me with that shit. Yeah, for real. I'm not getting abducted. So anyway, so yeah, that is all we have for voicemails, man. None of those were voicemails. Oh, well, those are all we have for stories, internet stories. That no. We have other chase stories to read. You promised everybody another chase story. Oh, yeah, that's right. Chase is a... Uh, oh, good call. Good call. The Panama City Wednesday. Hold on one second. Got to pull it up. Final part to the retro special. Okay, hey, guys. Chase again. So, recap. Adam is still in jail. Oh, so if you oh, so this is a full recap of last week. If you want to listen to our last week's episode, this has a a deeper story. His buddy Chase, uh, Chase's buddy Adam was in the road, and a cop watched him be extremely drunk. So yep, just to recap, in the road, he pissed in the road in front of the cop. So just to recap, Adam is still in jail and likely by now uh, initiated into the Latin Kings. Chris and the Asian girls are inside the club dancing and having a good time. Then there's me. Head gushing. Oh, hold on. Hold on. You missed a part. There's three yeah. parts. Okay. It's part two. My bad, guys. Hey, guys. Appreciate No, this can't be. 
Here's part two of the retro special, Panama City Adventure. To recap, our best friend Adam wiped his junk out of the street, watered the intersection, and got wrecked by an ex-lidebreaker turned cop. And me and Chris are drunk as fuck, standing outside the 7-Eleven at 11.30 in the morning. Holy fuck. Well, just like I try and tell my Marines after they do dumb shit, it's all in how you bounce back. So let's see if what we do. So me and Chris decided we needed to get a game plan. Adam was out and fucked for the next 24 hours. Nothing we could do for him now, so we got our shit, got a cab, and headed back to the Irish Inn. Fast forward, we went back, showered, got ourselves somewhat sober, marginally, and decided to hit up a local Mexican place next door called L.A. Casita. We walked in, got a table, and ordered some big-ass margs. <laughs> like, he didn't type in margarita. He just said margs. God bless him. <laughs> that's, that's so chill, bro. <laughs> like white girl margs where fish could have survived in them if properly fed. Oh, okay. So not a lot of liquor. And started to slaughter some chips. We recapped the day's events and realized there was nothing we could have done differently. Adam was just plain fucked and was fated to show that soccer mom in the minivan his junk. But as we got further into the story, we realized a group of people behind us, they had lowered their conversation and started listening to our tale. They even laughed at it a bit. So me and Crass looked over and saw three very attractive college-age girls sitting at the next table. Fuck yeah, game on, boys. <laughs> he, spelled, he spelled boys with three Zs. It's... <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I read it like that. Game on, boys. Got a couple snipers, boys. <laughs> Tarps off, boys. <laughs> Got a couple snipes. Uh, so Chris and I invited them over to our table, and we all eat dinner together. Keep in mind, the kid can sweet talk anybody, so Chris starts using his part Korean as an icebreaker, as well as buying them a few drinks. So as time goes on, we all start getting more and more friendly. Two of the girls are friends, both attending a local college and on spring break, and one of the girls is a senior in high school celebrating her 18th birthday weekend. For context, me and Chris were both 21 at the time. You sick fucks. (laughs) (laughs) After dinner, we all got up to leave, but before we part ways, they decided to invite us out clubbing with them. Does a bear shit in the woods? (laughs) Fast forward, me and Chris hightail it back to our place, change over, and then walk to the girls' hotel about a mile down the strip. We walk up to their hotel and are invited in. The girls finish getting ready, and we all start to pregame. By this point, I'm already blasted. But because I'm blasted and there's three hot Asian girls who want me to drink, of course I do. Uh, Just making all the previous generations of Marines proud. We do like the Pacific. Uh, so, So Chris, like all wild cards do, sets the bar. He grabs some of the shitty hotel drinking cups and pulls out his hydro flask of Everclear Blue Gatorade and passes the <laughs> cups out to all of us. Will the will, will the gasoline strong elixir strike again? So now I'm like very very fucked up, <laughs> but they seem to not notice or are equally on the edge of the abyss. Fuck it. We get a cab. And we head to the club. Mention the drive, I go into blackout mode. As my grandpappy used to say, now it's time to do some night flying. (laughs) (laughs) I lose a I lose a whole section of my memory and unblackout in the middle of the dance floor at the club an hour into the future. Grandpappy's got it down. That needs to go on a shirt. Shane, if you're listening, 
<laughs> time to do some night flying <laughs> is, is meaning drinking till you black out. Like, Grand, granddad got down. <laughs> old grandpappy. Uh, so he's in the middle of the club floor. Uh, Chris later tells me that I proceeded to shit talk the cabbie because he was a Patriots fan and he should die. Not a proud moment, but I feel you, Chase. I feel you. <laughs> So now I'm on the dance floor in a sea of unfamiliar faces with a slight recollection that I was with Chris and some girls on my way to a club. Guess I made it here. Time to get shit done. So I end up finding Chris and the girls at a bar a few months later. Chris pulls me aside and snaps me back in saying, saying after we just got in, I just ran away screaming, fuck the police and headed to the dance floor. He figured that I would eventually find them later. And I did. He thought I would was back to normal and ready to hang. Clearly, he didn't know just how close I was to getting blackout again. So I ordered a Strong Island iced tea <laughs> to cool things off. Solid choice. God damn it, Chase. What the fuck? After killing that delicious treat, I head to the pisser in the corner of the club. One, two, three. Houston, this is the Apollo. Blackout engage. I'm fucking out again. <laughs> that's, that's three, two, one is what it should have said, but damn it. <laughs> blackout engage night flying time boys uh this time i unblack out at the table by myself chris tells me later he only found out about my escapade from people talking at the bar not from first person observation apparently i walked in the male bathroom looked at the long ass line said fuck this this is america and i'm a marine and i cut all the people cut in front of all the people this obviously was viewed as a problem to a lot of people to the nearest dude so the nearest dude grabbed me and threw me against the wall where i hit my head on the brick Blood gushed down my face, and I walked away to a nearby table. Fast forward, a bouncer comes up to see me, sees my face, and escorts me out of the club. At this point, I don't even know I got wrecked or I have blood crusted on my forehead, but surprisingly, I don't offer a fight. So I end up outside in the club, drunk, open wound, Harry Potter, Harry Potter status on my head, without any friends, and no clue where the fuck I am. So I start to say, fuck it, and start walking. Thanks again for all you guys. What all you guys do? Next time, I will send the final installment of the retro special. Stay classy, fellas. So, nice. part three oh next God. week. Well, that's pretty wild, man. That I'm so sad that I almost uh, <laughs> almost just ruined it. it. Almost like cut this off and didn't say anything. So, anyway. That's it for voicemails now. We got some lists we got to discuss that we were supposed to yeah. discuss last week. We actually have a couple lists that we got to discuss, but we also have we're, we're actually going to go over two lists. Uh, we're going to go over a Night Lords Night Lords Escalation League list, and then we're going to go over an Alpha Legion list on a budget. But before we get to those, we do have a couple of questions that came in over email. Uh, first one that rolled through was from Jackson. Uh, it says, hi, Ryan, Jackson from Australia, new player here. And I'm interested in Ark traders, the sons of Horus kicking in the front door and smashing face. Could you please help me out with this list? I have all these models and they are at various stages of assembly. I also have a Leviathan to mix up in the future. I'm about to assemble and magnetize the arms at the, uh, of the Justerian. I am aware the Justerian seem a bit samey, but I'm happy to mix it up or squeeze in a few combi weapons or lightning claws. This models are unpainted and I can paint them. The models are just there in regular cataphracty. Uh, so then he sent a 2000 point list. Uh, I'm sorry, 2,500 point list. Looks like they had a Malgahurst, five units of just 
two veteran squads, two lance five units, three. I'm sorry, did I say five? Three, okay. three units of just staring. Yeah, five, in dread five claws. people in each. Yeah, in dread claws. Yeah. Uh, then you had a. Uh, Two veteran squads, both in a drop pod. You had two land speeders, a Primaris Lightning, and a Fire Raptor with three Auto Cannons and four Hell Strike missiles. So, I guess you didn't change up his list at all on that one. Nah, like the list is fine. It functions fine. He didn't make any like grave errors. Like, um, he's only got nine guys in each vet squad, so Malagur still fit in one of them. So there's no fuck up there. He's got an odd number of pods, so he gets the maximum value out of getting the you know the greater half on turn one um everything's legal the only thing like brought it up like the list is kind of samey like i don't necessarily think this list is like it's not like cheesy or broken or anything it's just a little boring with just like three just Aaron squads all armed exactly the same i hear you yeah it's definitely not a <laughs> definitely not i mean if, if somebody saw it they're not you're not getting your full but I get it though. I mean, you're still, you're still rocking and rolling with like the best of the best of the army. So, fluff. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't, I don't hate it. I would just consider maybe dropping one of them and taking something else for the points. I mean, still keeping the dread claw, just putting another infantry unit in there, something just to spice it up. But anyway, the on the Justerian war gear, uh, what's he have? He's got two chain fists and three power fists. Um, I would do either three chain fists and two power claws or two lightning claws or, um, two chain fists, a power fist and two lightning claws. Definitely put some lightning claws in there because of the sons of horse rules. The dirty fighter. Yeah. Where you get the extra attack. Yeah. Okay. Cause that's going to make those guys 32. They charge to get three, and then you're really getting four, and, and then they're shred. Four. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good for only five points. So Merkin's I like that. Space Marines. So, yeah, but I mean, I would maybe consider, I would definitely do that war gear change that I just said, and then I would maybe consider dropping one of the Justerian units, keeping the dread call that they go in, but dropping one of the Justerian units and doing something different, like some... Reavers or tactical support squad or something, but that's just me. Very cool. Uh, your second discussion email that you wanted to go over was from Matthew. Uh, it says, "Hey Ryan, thanks again for this. I'm having a lot of fun building it right now. It's talking about a list that Ryan wrote. Uh, even if my wallet isn't." I did have one question. What out of the list would you deep strike slash outflank? I know it's going to depend on the mission and opponent, but generally. And it looks like the list that you had sent him was... It's uh, not... Oh, it may be... Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, so it looks like it was a... The 2,500-point list was a Praetor on a Scimitar jet bike, a champion with just a plasma pistol and a power glaive, a jet bike sky hunter squadron times one two so two of them outrider squad outrider squad a tactical squad and a rhino and a javelin attack speeder and a sicarian so your options were to deep strike a javelin a couple of sky hunter squads 
you could have outflanked. So what I would do, I I always outflank javelins. I don't typically start them on the board, um, okay. just because they're they're lighter armor. So if your opponent seizes, or even if you just start them on the board and they shoot, like they're those guys are really really about position. So I kind of like coming in from the flank and hitting something in the soft armor because the guns on them uh, are decent. Like you got the multi melta and the Thrack missile or the the, fuck, the cyclone and then some hunter killers or whatever, but none of that has like that's like strength eight, you know, it's not real real high. So you definitely usually want to hit side or rear armor and stuff, and then just glance it to death because you you can't get explosive results on anything but that multi melter. Yep. So those I would almost always outflank. I wouldn't deep strike them um, when. If you have outflank built in and the range of their guns and the fact that they're fast vehicles, so they can move in 12, and then even the multi that only has a 24-inch range is still a 48-inch threat threat range. Or sorry, a 36-inch threat coming in from one or the other board edge. Like, you're pretty much going to be able to shoot whatever you want. There's really no reason to deep it and risk it. And then also when you deep strike, if you come in and you deep strike and you want to shoot... It already counts as moving, so all your speeders are clustered up. So then, like, one person with, like... Because they're only armor 11, so, like, a plasma predator or a demolisher cannon or anything like that, you're just going to eat shit because it's just going to smoke all through your speeders. Bad day. Bad day for sure. I mean, even just a battery of quad mortars, because they're strength 5, you know, hitting armor 11, they need in 6s, but if they're getting 3 speeders and they got, like, a battery of 3... I mean, you maybe take a lot of sucking hits. Oof. They're only two hole points, so you definitely don't want them clustered up like that on a deep strike. Uh, the Outriders, I would start on the board because they already have Scout, so you can already start them really close, and they jink, and they're going to be... They're more for close combat anyway. So what that means is you don't... Because they're close combat, not a shooting unit, really... You don't want to put them in outflank because then the earliest they can possibly come in is turn two. And then even when they come in, they can't assault because they've just come in from reserve and they're an assault unit. So the earliest possible turn you can assault is three. So this is like how we always talk about don't put assault units in flyers like the the Castus Ram or Cestus Ram, however you say it, and the uh, Storm Eagle. Like you don't really want to put an expensive unit assault oriented in those because of those same reasons um and then it's even more because outriders they're so fast um and they also scout you're you're probably only going to start 12 inches away from the enemy anyway on turn one they move you know 12 inches and then assault 2d6 and they ignore uh difficult terrain it just becomes dangerous but you don't actually subtract any distance so you always want to start those on the board your jet bikes are the things that you could either start on the board or uh, come in from reserve or whatever. Once again, I don't really like deep striking. I don't like deep striking anything that when it comes in, it's in a fucking clump, like a unit. Like, it's fine to deep strike a single pod, or it's fine to deep strike um, assault marines that they're like something like assault marines that just have bolt pistols that they're shooting suck so bad anyway, you're not going to bother with it. You're just going to run them, spread them out. That's fine, but like something like Skyhunter jet bikes, which are meant to shoot, you don't want to deep strike them in because you're going to be tempted to shoot, and then you're going to be all 
clumped up for, you know, for shit like we just talked about. Plasma Predators, Medusas, Vindicators, like anything AP2 that smashes the whole squad in one go. 10-4. I get where you're coming from. So, it's kind of my outlook on it. So, always hard outriders on the board. Always like 99% of the time fucking outflank javelins. Uh, and the jet bikes are kind of situational. Sounds good. Do you feel that that was the all discussion you want to have for that guy's list? Sure. I guess we can talk about all nine if you want. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just one of those things. Like I, I really, it's good advice pretty much across the board, not even just for his list. Like just as a standard, <laughs> what to deep strike and what not to deep strike. Yeah. I mean, I play a lot of positional armies like that. It's kind of my thing. I like doing stuff like that. I, I definitely, we've talked about that before. I always take model position over just like brute fucking force. So that's why I've been driving myself crazy playing this fucking death guard list. It's like the opposite of what I want to do, but Death, it's not fluffy to have a bunch of fucking land speeders and shit with my death guard. So I'm stuck driving at some land raiders, which is like killing my soul a little bit, but it fits with what I'm trying to do <laughs> with death guard, I guess. Wow. <laughs> at least at least you're trying to change it up a little bit. <laughs> I guess. Alright, so let's move on to some lists. So the first list comes from Dan. This actually says budget Alpha Legion help. Actually, it's Dan's email, but it's actually from powerful Ryan, from Nicholas. So yep. Ryan, I Nicholas played, here. I played Nicholas real quick. The event that we had here just a, a while back, the one that my buddy Nick ran. Um, I played Nicholas around as the ringer, and Nicholas had borrowed my Blood Angels, so he was playing my. Blood Angel uh, Armor Breaker that people will know what is in that if they've been listening to this show for a while or saw it at Nova. And I played my new Death Guard list with the Land Raiders. And he proceeded to talk crap to me the entire game and kill all my Land Raiders with my own bikes and shit. Then he also made like, I don't know, 20 out of 25 jink saves on javelin on my squadron and three javelins. So that's not an exaggeration. That's truth. Um, so it was pretty hilarious. He, he had everybody laughing. He had a whole room of grown men laughing of him trash talking me because he killed all my models. <laughs> because he tabled you with your own stuff. Nah, he didn't table me. It was just that he was just, it was just funny. He was talking smack the whole day. We were having fun. We got back and forth going there for a while. And then he was giving me pointers on how to build lists, which was pretty funny. Like I don't feel like you have, he was telling me what to do to make my Blood Angel list better as he was shooting my Death Guard up with it. <laughs> <laughs> and here he is. How the tables have turned. Now he's writing in for a list uh, help. Yeah, that's pretty funny. He says, Nicholas here using my dad's email. Thanks again for letting me use your blood angels at the right of command. I had a lot of fun. It was a good learning experience playing heresy. 
It was motivating me to try and build up my 30K Alpha Legion army. I own a good base of infantry, but not a lot else. Unfortunately, I have to build with the budget of a middle schooler. I'm looking for a two and a half thousand and three thousand point list that I could take to events and compete with. Uh, could you please recommend a good list? Hopefully adding only Games Workshop Plastics. My local game stores carries Cromlex, so I can get their stuff reasonably cheap. My dad thinks I might want some of their quad mortars. Here's what I have so far. He has bits to make a custom Alpharius model. He has a Kalth box. He's got Exodus with slash Saboteur conversion. Uh, he's got extra unbuilt Kalth stuff. Uh, extra box of Mark IV Marines on Sprue. Extra set of Mark III Marines. One plastic land speeder. Uh, one Mars Pattern Predator, two Mars Pattern Rhinos, six Heavy Volkite Bits from Cromlech, an Apothecary, one Fully Magnetized Knights from the Renegade box set, uh, and he's got a ton of Marines. I may be able to trade some for unbuilt models to my dad for credit to buy more things. Nice. Nice. I have undecided between running Coils and Pride of the Legion and potentially Primarch's Chosen. I originally was thinking of doing a Coils list with a Trader Caesarian since my dad has Ultramarines. But I'm open to most options. Please make sure I have enough scoring units, at least four. Yeah, Ryan. Make sure he's got enough scoring units. Yeah. Uh, if you want, we can discuss this if you message my dad on Facebook. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any industrial accident stories or bear attack stories as payment, but hopefully you can help me out anyway. <laughs> Thanks in advance, Nicholas. Dude, if a, if, a, if a middle schooler had an industrial accident story, I don't... like What is... <laughs> This is a, this oh, is in China. Funny. So what did you do? What, what kind of list you write them? All right. So this is all in plastic. It's pretty cool. So I got it's. I'm gonna pride of the Legion for him just because I feel like that fits all just the plastic models best. Um. So I got a Praetor taking pride of the Legion. He's got a power fist, Paragon blade, digital laser iron. He should be able to convert this guy from you know uh, any number of plastic kits with the stuff that he has. Um, he already said that he had a uh, Exodus conversion built, so I went ahead and threw Exodus in there. So a second HQ choice is Exodus, and then I took a third HQ choice of just a normal non-name saboteur with artificer armor, combi weapon, and power dagger. Once again, the plastic kits come with the. Uh, combi weapons. I would give the, the saboteur a melta combi melta, but you can give it whatever. Uh, so you should be able to convert that pretty easy too. For troops, because it's Pride of the Legion, I have five Cataphracty Terminators. Five of them have Power Fist, or sorry, three of them have Power Fist, and two of them have Chain Fist. One of the two that has the Chain Fist is the Sergeant, because in Alpha Legion, you can give that guy a Power Dagger, which gives you that extra Chain Fist attack. Which step, is step, step, uh, step. Yeah. So that's pretty good. And all of those options, all those power fist, chain fist come in the Kalth box. So it should be good to go. Um, then they are in a dedicated Land Raider Phobos with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Once again, that's just the Mars pattern. It's just a GW plastic kit. Um, for the second troop's choice, I have eight Space Marine veterans. Um, you're going to take Weapon Master on them. Two of the eight will have power weapons. The sergeant will have artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, and they're all going to get melt bombs. And this is where your Praetor will go. Um, and we'll get what takes up the 10th slot, because that's only nine models and what they go in here in a minute. So the third troop's choice, 
is a 10-man veteran squad. Um, these 10 are going to take marksmen, and the sergeant is going to have artificer armor, power fist, power dagger, and no special weapons, so just bolters. So you'll just build a bolter, bolt pistol, chainsword, just like out of Calthox. And you'll put these guys in a dedicated rhino with Pinnel Mount Multimill, which he says he already has the rhino. So he's good there. Uh, the next troop's choice, which is the one, two, three, four, fourth troop choice, is a tactical support squad. So it is a 10-man tactical support squad. The uh, Let's see. They have Volkite Chargers, and I bought the extra close combat weapon. So they're going to have Volkite bolt pistol chain sword the sergeant will have artificer armor power fist power dagger and all 10 of these guys are in a rhino with pill mile multimilta so that'll use his second rhino that he already owns for elites i have an apothecary with artificer armor augury scanner he says that he owns an apothecary already under yeah right there underneath those six volkite bits so that apothecary will go with the eight veterans and the praetor to make that a 10-man unit uh, for the next elite choice, the second one, I have a Contemptor Cordis Dreadnought with carries assault cannon and Dreadnought close combat weapon with build and melt a gun. So he already has this model. He says, "Where's that?" Um, I think it's armed exactly the same way. Yep. Uh, uh, right there. Contemptor built with carries and claw with melt a gun. So there you go. So that's in there. For fast attack, I have a five. Uh, five bike unit, five attack bikes, all in one unit, all with multi-meltas, all with melt-a-bombs. So those are another GW plastic kit. The attack bikes are. You can convert those up, use some of your extra torsos for K just to swap the crew out, and you're good to go. Um, and then for heavy support, I have a Land Raider squadron with a just a single uh, Phobos Land Raider in it with Dozer Blade and Armored Ceramite. Once again, just a GW plastic kit. And this is where those eight vets, Apothecary, and Praetor will go, so they can assault out of it. And then, last but not least, I have a, pred a Predator Strike Squadron with a single Predator in it. The Predator has a turret-mounted uh, Executioner Plasma Destroyer Cannon and Dozer Blade. And he says he already owns a Predator. Where's it at? Yep. He already owns a Mars Predator uh, with the Predator Cannon turret and magnetized Lascan spawns. So don't use those sponsons. That's good that you magnetized them. And then I informed him you can just get the um, the the plasma, just the the turret, like the Lehman Russ, how it comes with oh, multiple yeah, gun Oh, yeah, the executioner. Bit. Yeah, the executioner turret. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just use the barrel off that. So what you do is you just take your normal Predator turret and just swap the gun. Like you use the whole turret and you just swap the gun out instead of the dual last cannons or... Uh, predator cannon. It's a real easy conversion. People, a bunch of people have done it. So, I'm trying to see what so, that bit looks like to buy off of eBay. His dad already found one. I talked to Dan about it. They already got oh, got it. Where perfect. Because it, it looks like it was four dollars. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, this is a full blown plastic thirty k. You can build this entire army in plastic. There wouldn't be any resin bits in here except the Volkite chargers on the tactical support squad, which if he wanted to swap them out for flamer out of the calf boxes, he could do that. You'd have to buy all those uh, flamer bits anyway, so it may be just as cheap just to buy a single pack of Volkite chargers from Forge World. 
So very cool. And man. you might even be able to get the vol- the Volkite bits. And what Dan and Nicholas need to know, we've had to edit this a couple times because I keep swearing throughout it, and I've tried not to so that Nicholas could listen to it. Yeah, we uh, <laughs> there's some fancy editing going on here. If you heard some weird jumps, it's because we've been starting and restarting. Uh, because because Ryan can't Ryan can't control himself because his <laughs> mouth works way faster than his brain. <laughs> yep, uh, it's. I'm just trying not to talk because I can't control myself. Uh, okay. So anyway, so yeah, good list, man. All Nicholas plastic too. quit listening now. <laughs> that was a solid no. list, man. And the fact that you kept it all in plastic and possibly in a middle schooler's budget, very cool. Yep, and I and tried we, to use. I pretty much used, you know, a lot. I used a lot of the stuff he he had already. Um, I couldn't use all of it because some of it's kind of a, you know what I mean? It's just kind of mixed by, like, he has, like, so much redundancy in certain things. It's like you could, if you tried to fit it all in and just be, like, this big blob of dudes walking across the table, it just wouldn't work very well. So Yeah. Powerful shout-out to Greg Dan and somehow managing to subdue his cussing the entire episode. I do not know how that's possible. <laughs> it's awesome. I mean, it's impressive. It really honestly is. So... <laughs> I'm not mad at it. Yeah. So anyway, on to the next list. Uh, this comes from a Night Lords player, a new Night Lords player called Ned. So Ned, powerful Ned, already had a 500-point list that was done back in early May. Uh, so, hello, my friend suggested your podcast, and I just listened to all of episode 92. Some friends have cajoled me into starting an Escalation League this summer. And I said I would play Night Lords because they are awesome and no one else plays them. I'm currently a lot of old Space Marines. I currently am converting a lot of old Space Marine models, so I have a lot of Space Marines, which is apparently good because it sounds like a lot of bodies is what it's, is the way to go with Night Lords. For my personal flavor... I was planning on going with a lot of infantry and some dreadnoughts. Do you have any suggestions for a 500-point list I could start with? We are playing Centurion, and I will start this June and add 250 points a month. Any help you can provide would be lovely. And then he wrote back and wanted to know, once Ryan sent him the list, he wanted to know what to do at 750 and 1,000. And so, Ryan... Why don't you tell All right, us so, what you did? So what happened was he was like, he goes, give me this 500-point list. I wrote in 500. Then he then he goes, okay, well, I noticed you didn't put melt bombs on everything, so when would I put melt bombs on them? So I was trying to explain that. Then he wrote back and was like, okay, so what would I do at 750 and 1,000? So I wrote him that. And then at the end of it, it was like, sorry to bug you with all these questions, whatever, which I don't, you know, I didn't mind. I was like, whatever, man. I said, but before you even ask, there's a 2,500 point list. That's just your goal. So just build towards this and whatever stages you have between the 750 list. I wrote, uh, going forward, just look at this master list and build to this and you'll be fine. So you guys will recognize this is a very similar theme. I've built a lot of Raven guard list and night Lords list on the show that are pretty similar to this. Um, so I'll read this off. This is like, uh, I don't, there's actually no Night Lord specific units in this and no characters in this. I kind of made it uh, generic. 
so that once he had this, this is this will be a good base for a terror assault list, a drop pod list, or a drop assault vanguard list. He can basically build any of those like major Night Lords themes once he gets these models ready to go. It's kind of why I did it this way. But anyway, the list is a Praetor taking Rite of War Drop Assault Vanguard. The Praetor is Power Fist, Paragon Blade, Digital Lasers, Iron Halo, and Jump Pack. The second HQ is a Chaplain with a Crozius that is an Axe. Artificial Armor, Bolt Pistol, Melt Bombs, Refractor Field, and a Jump Pack. For troops, I have 14 Assault Marines. Two of the 14 have Power Weapons. The Sergeant has Artificer Armor and Power Weapon, and the entire squad has melt bombs For the second troop's choice, I have that identical squad. So 14 dudes, two Power Weapons on normalized Artificer Armor, Power Weapon on Sergeant, entire squad with melt bombs For Elites, I have one Apothecary Detachment with two Apothecaries in it. Both Apothecaries have Jump Packs. They're each going to go one each in those Assault Marine squads we just talked about. Uh, for the second Elite's choice, I have 10 Space Marine Veterans with Machine Killers. All 10, including the Sergeant, have a Combi Melta. Uh, for the third Elite's choice, I have five Cataphracty Terminators. Uh, two of the five have Lightning Claws, and two of them have Chain Fist, and the Sergeant has a Power Fist, and they're in a dedicated Anvilus Dreadclaw. For Fast Attack, I have a loose Anvilus Dreadclaw that the 10, mark- or the 10 Machine Killer Vets will go into. Uh, for Heavy Support, I have a Fire After gunship. The Fire After has Hellstrike missiles and autocannons. And then for the second Heavy Support slot, I have a Leviathan Pattern uh, Siege Dreadnought with Cyclonic Meltalance, uh, torso-mounted uh, twin-length Volkite Calivers, two of them in the in the titties, and Armored Ceramite Phosphex Discharger, and that thing is in a Dreadnought Drop Pod. Okay. So the idea is you put uh, the Praetor in one assault squad, the Chaplain in the other one. And they both have apothecaries in them, so those automatically come in turn one with the drop assault vanguard rule. Then the rest of your troops, your rest of your infantry are in three drop pods, or you got infantry in two drop pods, and then the Leviathan. So you'll get two of the three pods to come in with those uh, two drop units. And then you'll have the one pod in your fire after and reserve after that. Sounds fun. Sounds very night lordy. I mean, yeah, you you are right. You have written this list before, pretty much, very close to this list. But it's still a good list. I mean, it's very cool. A lot of stuff yeah, to it make works your opponent really worry well. about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it make it works really well with night lords because you got the terminators, which are bulky, so they count as two, and the assault marines account as two. Uh, to numbering. get those the extra the Night Lords rules, um, and it's got plenty of anti tank in it. It's got any flyer in it. Plenty of anti infantry. And then, like I said, it's a good building platform for a type of legion like um, uh, Raven Guard or Blood Angels or Night Lords or anything like that. Like when you want to take it in a different direction or start building another list, you're still going to use a lot of this stuff. I rarely see anybody like. Does Derek have some Night Lords Terminators? Atramentar, man. Yeah, but like nobody, like, I mean, there's like not a special model. There's no, I don't know. My buddy Nick runs the crap out of him. He has Terminators in every one of his lists. They're so good. 
They're pretty good, especially with the outnumbering and all that jazz. It's cool. I love me a night. If I could only keep, if somebody said Ryan, from here on out, if you any Space Marine army you ever build, you only have one infantry unit out of the generic army list for anything you have going forward. It would be Cataphractic Terminators, and it's not even close. Yeah, that's like a crux of 30k, man. It's like that's the heart of 30k right there. So. I definitely, I definitely see Night Lords as Tataris though, but I get it. <laughs> I see, I definitely see where you're coming from. I don't. I even have a poster of them in Cataphracty. because <laughs> I commissioned it and had Kurt draw it. <laughs> don't you ever put them in that garbage ass armor. <laughs> okay, so that's it for list, man. That's it for this episode. So. If Yo. you have a list you want to send in, or you have a question you want to ask, or email it have... into Eye of Horus, <laughs> or no, it's fine. Eye of Horus reanimated the third at yep. uh, the Remembrancers Retreat, the Age of Darkness, <laughs> the Boys of the Golden Throne. If you really like Pyroclast and Bad Rites of War, uh, Covenant, Covenant of Fire, Fire. with Jake Bussy. <laughs> Oh, man. But, yeah, guys, if you have a list or anything, if you have any questions, if you want some advice or anything like that, Michael at Warmer30k.com, Ryan at Warmer30k.com, Derek at Warmer30k.com, and Scott at Warmer30k.com. If you guys want to send us a voicemail, you can give us a call at 209-RFI-30K0, and we will get your voicemail. Then we'll go to our Google Voice, and we'll play that live on air. Uh, if you are an international listener and you still want to send us a voicemail, you can call or you can record your voicemail and send it to Michael at warmer30k.com. We will get that and we will play it on air as we do. And I mean, that's that's pretty much it, guys. If you want to enjoy a fantastic heresy experience in the heart of Texas, we have Heresy Camp coming up September 19th to the 23rd. If you want information on that, more information we do have our Heresy Camp episode. If you go listen to a couple episodes back, it is the Heresy Camp explanation episode. You can also go to heresycamp.com. Go check it out. Go look at uh, ticket prices. Go see all the different events that you can sign up for. I want to appreciate all of our sponsors that are sponsoring the event. And you can find them on that webpage there. Uh, and, of course, we got Facebook. <laughs> Radio yep. Frist fan on Facebook. Yep, or you go to rfi30k.com and it'll take you right to us. So, boom. That's all of them, dude. That's all the that's all the plugs. Guess we Plugged should get to some music. It's airtight. <laughs> all right, you have a good one, guys. Bye. Everything is ordinary. It's just something I always do. It's ordinary.
It's just something I always do. It's ordinary.